Hello, everyone. This is Bill Apter, and I just finished taping an episode of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler, or Tyler and Mike. They're brilliant hosts. You've got to listen. You've got to see. Count it out. Yeah, I endorse it. They've got the after chat seal of approval. Hey, everybody. This is the voice of Ring of Honor, Ian Riccoboni, and you're listening to Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. Well, we are live, pals, and welcome to another edition of the Bill After Seal of Approved Counted Out with Mike and Tyler. My name is Tyler, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Mojito Mike. Mike, what's going on, brother? Well, I'm good. I, I, I've got questions for our guests. So you go ahead and, and bring, in, bring in your friend here, your, your student, as it were. Well, that's, you know, I was really nervous about doing the intro here because I was getting mixed up if I should be going, we are live, pal, or attention, everybody, class is in session. <laughs> we have uh, the prodigy, uh, my co-host on the Classic Match Classroom, also the host slash, I guess, co-host now of the Titantron podcast, the one and only Mr. Anthony Cerulli, Mr. Prodigy, thanks for jumping on, man. What's going on? going on fellas it's always great to pop in here first time i'm collabing with mike so great yeah to that's meet right you. that's right this fuck over here i'm always collabing with so it's great that's to right. see you again I, but i would say i'm sorry but i'm not yeah well you know what you're not in class today so you can call me a fuck but you will nah, be writing you will be right. writing lines all right writing, writing lines on the next episode i will remember this all right all right all right i, I was saying um normally when anthony and i record uh, we record on a friday morning so i'm I'm not a morning person, so I'm drinking coffee, but this is counted out, baby. And I got yeah, the rye flowing tonight <laughs> and we're going to have a damn good time. We got a lot of stuff to talk about before we talk about well, it, well, it. Which which makes me laugh a little bit, too, because let's be honest, I'm an old fuck. Um, and uh, you're used to hanging out with Anthony. You were always talking about booze and shit, but now you don't live in Canada, Anthony. You can't even touch the shit, can you? Nah. <laughs> No, I cannot. The only thing I'm rocking with tonight is uh, some some sour patch. That's oh, that's all we go. have. Not well, sponsored, but you know. That, now that does bring up my next question. Uh, last, uh, as of recording, last night was Halloween. Yes. Uh, uh, I know. I know, uh, Tyler. You were stuck at work. Uh, I was. I brought my kid out trick or treating. What does a young guy like yourself do in the world's in, like most famous city on Halloween, Anthony? A uh, whole lot of nothing, especially when you're in Staten Island, which is the worst part of New York. But, uh, <laughs> you know, me and my me and my girlfriend, we were just hanging out on Halloween. I, of course, brought in the macho man. There we go. Oh, yeah, brother. Uh, but, you know, just hung out, didn't really do much. It, it was a, it was a fun time, a nice chill Halloween. I, I, I was I was OK with that. At least you have those. My my Halloween costume didn't arrive until from Amazon till this afternoon. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's so, the worst. So so my neighbors are going to be really freaked out for the next couple of days. Because I'm getting around the neighborhood wearing it. I'm getting my money's worth, man. Get your umbrella. Mike was going to go as Marty Scroll. So uh, exactly. Oh, okay. Uh, Get the umbrella walking around. Just stare at people. You know, 
Maybe put it I, on. And, and, I, and, I got, and I got the and I got the big like black cloak too. I was just gonna go naked oh. underneath. Oh, oh. Rick Flair. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, thought you were going exactly. as Marty Scroll, not Rick Flair. <laughs> well, <laughs> Uh, all right so before we get into everything uh let's talk about anthony a little bit here tell the people about the titantron which is, is newly returning uh with a new co-host uh we also got classic match classroom which we plug every week here but let's talk about the titantron first man tell us about the new format tell us about the new co-host what's going on in the world of the titantron yeah so finally i brought it back i i keep bringing it back and taking it away but for now i think I finally brought it back and I'm happy with where we're at because uh, like you mentioned, I've got a new co-host, a uh, good friend from college, Antonio Connolly. Uh, he is a, uh, a, a, he has a lot of wrestling knowledge as well. And uh, he was just like all wrestling fans are. It was like a closet wrestling fan until that one little conversation sparked. And it was like a 30 minute wrestling convo from there. And I was like, Hey man, just, get on the podcast. I need someone to talk with. And uh, he was all down for it. So, you know, going forward, I'm going to be having him, you know, we're thinking of new segments to come up with new format. I always like to change things around, make it interesting. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, we're still thinking about it. I even have possibly another co-host that I might be bringing in for a three man hey. panel, you know? You um, so uh, yeah, a lot of different things changing, but I'm really happy with how uh, the whole new format is going. And uh Hope that viewers are going to turn their attention to the Titan Tron. Yeah, and you're a busy man. You're also doing work with Turnbuckle Tavern as well. Uh, another yes. fantastic podcast. And uh, yes. you're doing their SmackDown. Is that what you told me? SmackDown reports? Yeah. So we actually just changed it. We did a whole revamp of the schedule. And now myself, uh, the OG Fig Kid, Tom, and uh, J-Bone from Coming Down the Aisle, we do what is called the Raw Down, which is the recap of Raw and SmackDown from the week. Now we talk about the best hits, what we liked, what we didn't like, a lot of what we didn't like. Um, you know, we just shoot the shit, talk about WWE on an AEW channel. Uh, so you get a lot of criticism on WWE from our end. Uh, it's, a, it's a good time. The guys at Turnbuckle Tavern doing some great work, and I'm really proud to be a part of that group. For sure, man. And then, of course, the classic match classroom. Got to talk about it real quick. Um, a very fun concept that you and I are doing here. Uh, the idea was definitely stolen from Mike. <laughs> I definitely stole the idea from Mike. Uh, Mike had an idea that was very similar to that. I just kind of tweaked it a little bit and and uh, you were the perfect guy for it. Uh, Anthony, and I, we had a conversation one day. It's about and he was telling me I've never seen all these famous matches before. And, and Anthony's got one of the best minds for wrestling. Uh, for, you know, I have a lot of respect for your knowledge of the business and thank you. You know, we, we have to fix that. So uh, I will, <laughs> I go and I find all the build up to these famous matches. I send them to Anthony and he's watching all this stuff from the first time uh, and giving the perspective from a 19 year old, yeah. uh, 19 year old onto the, the old, all old product stuff. So, and it, you know, when, when you first started talking about this, the, my concept was taking a guy who's never watched wrestling at all. So anything he hasn't seen made sense to me because he's never watched it. When you when you started talking about this concept for this show with Anthony and you started telling me that he hasn't seen some of these matches, especially when you were talking about like Austin and Hart, it blew my fucking mind because I'm like, how <laughs> how could anybody not have seen this shit? Right. But 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 it but it it has to be the same way people felt about us, like in our generation, Tyler, when we were coming up. When, when we say what I no, I, I haven't seen any of San Martino stuff. Yeah. I've never seen you know what I mean? in Morocco I, before. Right. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Some of the stuff I'm watching for the first time too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so. It, it's so it's really cool that you know every generation and we live in such a like we unfortunately I came up in a generation there wasn't YouTube there wasn't no. there wasn't yeah. even the internet you, we had you know, VHS you, Coliseum you, you, videos exactly we traded tapes if you miss something you miss something and you didn't get to see it for years again now it's all at our fingertips this is the coolest time to be a wrestling fan yeah because anything yeah. you haven't seen you'll be able to see. And you know what? It's always been like, you know, I've seen like moments like, you know, we just did the Halloween episode with uh, Kane's debut. And obviously, like, you know, I I say I haven't seen all this stuff, but, you know, who hasn't seen Kane's debut? So I've seen the moment. But the thing is, I've never seen anything before that. You know, I never saw the full match. Never saw. I didn't even know that Mankind and DX were associated with that feud. You know, all the stuff that I've never seen before. So until now, you had never seen the very first hell in the cell match don't don't no. ask him how he liked it Mike. <laughs> don't eh, don't bring it up you're gonna open a can there <laughs> oh anthony got his first f this week on the show for oh. not enjoying the hell in a cell match anthony <laughs> it's, it's the first time we've had a disagreement on the show i blame uh the internet and the short attention span for not liking the slow tyler what do i say every episode so it doesn't get, get you right bored. away you get yeah, bored i get bored Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so out of all the builds that we've done, though, what's been your favorite one so far? Oh, shit. That's such a good question. Like there's been a, a lot of them. Obvious. I think, honestly, I would have to pick something from 97, not just because we've done everything from 97, but like everything there. Was, was really not too, great. Not too fucking boring for you there, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Everything that was that was fine. You know, I, I funny enough, like I would say, like the the first half of that Taker and Sean build, where everything so was just good. focused on Kane. God, that was really good. It was just a nice change of pace from everything because it was very like you know uh, supernatural centered. But you know, honestly, like ECW and Jerry Lawler was so much fun. Uh-huh. Like I, I'd never seen something like this before. Never, probably will never see it again. Knowing WWE, but like that was such an interesting build. And of course, episode one, that whole uh, lead up to uh, Sur- uh, Survivor Series '96 with uh, Brett and Austin Pillman. You know, all that was great stuff. Yeah, and this week we're doing, uh, by the time this airs, uh, we dropped this on Thursday. So this Sunday coming up will be uh, the Montreal Screwjob we're doing on the Heels and Survivor Series coming up, mm-hmm. followed by uh, Steve Austin's run in ECW the next couple of weeks. So we got some fun mm. stuff on tap. Mike, we got plans for you too, buddy. You're going to definitely be, uh, be on the show on sooner rather than later. We got a couple ideas lined up, so it's going to yes, be sir. fun. Um, we're going to segue. Uh, I, I just hope you guys can keep me entertained. I get bored easy. <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, something that's not going to be boring here. We got to segue away for a minute here. Anthony's not going to know what we're going to be talking about for a minute here. This Thursday is going to be the countedout7.com block for Barry Wrestling's All Ontario Cup. Uh, we're so excited for it. We've done all the event centers, which you can check out on our YouTube I, I cannot wait for this event. The The lineup that we have is stacked. We're going to run through the bracket really quickly. Last week's show was really good. If you guys want to check it out, it's $10. You get the entire tournament. It's a 30-person tournament. I think it's yeah. like eight shows. Yeah. Like It's 10 bucks, and you're going to see some of the, the best up-and-coming talent in, in the Toronto, Ontario scene. I can't put over the talent enough. 
guys are that are that have come through Barry Wrestling are signed by Impact Wrestling now. Josh Alexander was a mainstay in Barry Wrestling. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey just got signed by Impact Wrestling yeah. uh, on Halloween night. He's a Barry Wrestling uh, guys in this tournament, such as uh, uh, our boy Holden Albright, has been on Impact. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Alexia yeah. Nicole has been on Impact Wrestling. So there's all kinds of talent. Uh, we're gonna run through the brackets really quick here. Uh, the guy that I, I I think he might be one of my picks to, to go all the way is Jesse V. Big mm-hmm. monster, Anthony. You got to check this guy out. He is so talented. He's got the look. Like, you could see him in, in NXT. You could yeah. see him with Bronson Breaker. What the hell's his name? Rick Steiner's kid. Uh, Bron, Bron Breaker, yeah. whatever his name is. Like, yeah. he's got that vibe to him. Uh, he's going up with uh, the hot stepper uh, who was on our show. We did an exclusive sit-down interview with him oh, on one, yeah. of the, one of the event centers. I got Jesse V going over, Mike. What do you I think? also got Jesse V going over, man. Uh, yeah. Nothing against Odd Stepper. The guy's got the talent. But Jesse V, he's got something to prove, especially with the story he's been telling between him and his little stable lately. Uh, he's got something to prove big time. Um, and he's in the same block as, as you know, his tag team partner. He's got he's he, he can't lose while while Mark Wheeler goes on. So uh, it's uh, he's got something to prove. Jesse V's trying extra hard this week. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a and Mark Wheeler, if you listen to our event center, he warned Jesse V. To just do as yeah. I say. So, you know, they got kind of this, like, uh, Mark Wheeler's the world champion, and Jesse V is like the muscle. So they got this dynamic. Oh, and okay. you can see it's almost like the Batista Triple H build coming up. You oh, kind of feel right. that, all right? It's, yeah. it's cool. You got John Greed against Junior Benito going here. Um, John Greed is a super nice guy. I've talked to him on Instagram Live a couple times. I have never seen him work before. I'm really excited to see him work. Junior Benito is probably one of the biggest up and comers on the Toronto 100%. scene. 100%. I got Benito going over here. I right? also got Benito, man. John Greed, I, I like the guy. I have seen him work and I like the guy. He's tough. He's tough, but he's not nearly as fast or resilient as Junior Benito. Benito's got him, man. Like, like this isn't even a, a hard one for me. This is not a guess for me. Junior Benito for the win on this one. Then you've got, um, and this guy's going to kind of tie in a little bit. And I'm going to tell you why here. Von Vertigo. He's a former world champion. He's been the face of Barry wrestling for a little while here. And uh, I'm kind of starting to get some Cody road vibes off him now though, where the crowd is kind of cheering for other people over him for no reason, which is going to tie into our next conversation piece, Anthony. Uh, He's going up against stratosphere. I like Von Vertigo going over here as well. I I think uh, I I did a sit down one-on-one interview with Von Vertigo on, on the last edition of the event center. Uh, it's super nice guy. We actually had our merch tables beside each other at the last show. We were shooting the shit. So I'm going with Vaughn putting up the peace sign. I, I love me some Vaughn Vertigo. I unfortunately, <laughs> I have unfortunately I'm not exactly I'm not very familiar with Stratosphere. Um, I don't know his work very well, so I can't really base it off that, but I do know Vaughn. I know him as a human. I know him as a wrestler. I've been watching Vaughn for years. Vaughn Vertigo for the win here. That takes us to the final match in the first round there. You're going to have Barry Wrestling heavyweight champion Mark Wheeler going up against Young Miles. I like the champ going over here. Uh, Get the rematch in the semifinals with with the guy that he took the belt from. I think there's a good story to be told there. And then, of course, you're going to get the semifinal matches as well in the tournament. It's a great 45 minutes to watch. Ten bucks, guys. Go to Atbury Wrestling. Well, hold on, hold on. Who do you got over Benito and Benito and Jesse V? Uh, I'm going to take Jesse V going uh, all the way to the semifinals with uh, 
with Wheeler. I, I'm going to say we're going to see that showdown in the semifinals. That's what I'm thinking too. All right, we're on we're on page here uh, again at Barry Wrestling everywhere. Check it out. Um, last night, uh, as this episode drops, I opened on Instagram Live with Barry Wrestling to promote the event. So keep an eye out uh, on on the history of their channel. You can catch that. All good stuff, man. All good stuff. And uh, let's move on to some discussion pieces, gentlemen, shall we? Let's yes, sir. Uh, let's start. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the list that you're going to do today, Anthony. Why don't you tell everybody what the list is going to be today? Yes, the list. Your I, list uh, today. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm excited to give this list. I've always wanted to give a number seven list. It's your and, day uh, today. Ah, uh, thank you. Uh, and this week we're doing top seven missed booking opportunities from the WWE in the I, I said like the 2010s, but there's a few from 2020. I just kind of grouped them all together. Yeah. Just basically like cut things off of 2010. That, uh, yeah, yeah, basically. And it's just basically like things that WWE had the potential to really capitalize on. They had something right in front of them. And in typical fashion, they just squandered on the potential to do something with it. I've got uh, I, th- I think a really solid seven here and a lot of honorable mentions because there's so much that they messed up with. Uh, I'm looking forward to giving this list. It's going to be a fun that, one. That's that reminds me. That's kind of like if you like, let's say you were a wrestling fan, a real wrestling fan. You love wrestling. And right in front of you had the greatest hell in a cell match of oh. all time. <laughs> and you just squandered it. You just you didn't respect it. You didn't appreciate it. Uh, maybe I, I, that match was a little that. boring, you know. Maybe it was just <laughs> the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels fighting in the same corner of the cage for ten minutes. Eh, you know, it could be. I will say your opinion of the Hell in a Cell match aside, I've never seen a better put together or edited podcast than than what you edit. Uh, I got, and, I got to uh, give you that much, and I, yeah, I got to give you. I'm happy that I'm air. on a podcast this week that I don't have to edit for. A few <laughs> hours. Yeah, it's my turn this week. <laughs> I, I'm going to put you over 100, percent and I want everybody to know. Anthony literally does everything for this show. He is the reason it's been any kind of a success. I just send you a YouTube list. And now it does take me a couple hours to put those lists together. I do my research, but uh, the editing is phenomenal. The work that you put in to promote it, I definitely need to pick up my end of that. Uh, But it is very much appreciated. I want an on air for the record. Just so you know, appreciate the work you do. <laughs> Thank you very now, much. Thank now, you. Before we go into our talking points this week, I do need to bring up a, a very unfortunate somber note. Um, it was announced this evening that uh, The Miz has been eliminated from Dancing with the Stars. No. Oh. Well, pour one oh, out for, pour one no. out for yeah. There you go. Well, sorry, Miz. Uh, he I didn't thought- dress up as Aladdin and the Lion King to go down this man and and pinhead like yeah he he was doing so awesome man Uh, I was I was really I don't like those shows but I'll watch that shit if he's out there doing that kind of stuff yeah man Chris Jericho do that show one year oh yeah 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 I think so I guess Jericho's right the Miz just wants to be just like him (laughs) (laughs) um let's get into our first talking point here I want to keep this one a little bit shorter because next week we're going to do a full episode on it but we have to talk about Ring of Honor uh terrible news uh, coming out of this uh Ring of Honor is going on hiatus after their final battle event which Mm -hmm. will be in December Mm-hmm. Uh, they are going to be releasing everybody from their contracts. They have released everybody. Mm-hmm. They have released, and there's some people that are going to roll through till the, next year, right? The, well, no, they're going. So, so they're going to. They're all staying on their contract until December. But it has been known that when your contracts are done, which is December, you're done. 
Okay. Like there's like that's it. So they have been released, but they're writing their contracts out until the end of the year. Right. Yeah. Um, terrible news. Ring of Honor's uh the little engine that could for a long time. They've overcome a lot. Without Ring of Honor, you don't get professional wrestling today. Because no. if you take a look mm-hmm. at any any major company, whether it's uh, AEW or the WWE, I'll use the big two there, their rosters, as I said to Kerry Silken, and his response is great, are littered with Ring of Honor talent. Yeah. And then Kerry said to me, litter, what are they, <laughs> piece of fucking cat shit? <laughs> <laughs> Carrie's the best. Uh, we got to get Carrie back on soon. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, you take a look at the main roster in the WWE. Take a look over the last 15 years of people that have made an impact in the WWE. Take a look at NXT. You don't get any of that stuff without the work that Ring of Honor laid down. Let's start with you, Mike. I know you're the big Ring of Honor guy, uh, You, especially the modern product, because um, you and I have a nice overlap is, with Ring of Honor, yeah, right? Because I was yeah. early Ring of Honor until about 2008, 2009, I fell off. And that's kind of where Mike picked up shortly after there. So what's, what are your thoughts on all this? Do you think that they're going to come back? I do. Um, I think they'll come back in March and try to put on a show. I think they're going to plan a show and then see how that goes and then go from there. Um, I don't think they're going to ever be Ring of Honor the way we, we remember Ring of Honor. I don't think they'll ever be back to, unless somebody comes out and like buys them and tries to, to, to revive them. Uh, which I don't see happening. I don't see Ring of Honor ever going back to the, we, the way we loved it. Yeah. What I expect to happen is, if anything, they're going to do a, a show-by-show basis uh, and the, the talent will be contracted per show. Even that, I thought, like, at first I was like, yeah, that, that'll, that's what's going to happen. But then the rumors started floating around that the TV library is up for sale and, and that the and, and that the royalties are up for sale and all this is so now I don't know what to believe. I, I really don't know what's going to happen. Unfortunately, I think nobody's gonna know until March. I uh, I'm really hoping that we we see another Ring of Honor show. I I love Ring of Honor. Anthony, what do you know about Ring of Honor? How much Ring of Honor do you watch? Did you watch? Where do you think that their legacy lies in, in professional wrestling right now? I mean, I was never like a religious Ring of Honor fan. Like I would go and watch some of the matches, uh, but it was only until like recently because I got a new TV in my room and it just so happened that it had a channel that they would play like recent ROH shows on. Uh, so like I, I would check it out and I really liked like what they were doing Um and I'm talking like very recently, like this past year. Well, they, um, they killed it during the pandemic. I don't think anybody yeah. was putting on product during the pandemic like ROH was. I think well in a way, one of the better in-ring products from like an in-ring standpoint yes. uh, as you know, for this past year, um, as far as where their legacy lies, like, like you said, there's no wrestling nowadays without ROH. Cause that's, you know, I, I don't have to be that big of a fan of ring of honor to know, like that's where, you have most of your stars nowadays coming from. And I mean, like you could look at it any way you want, but I saw a few people saying like, you know, AEW was part of the reason why, uh, you know, ring of honor and even new Japan were starting to, you know, die down a little bit, which is a shitty way to look at it. Uh, but you know, you can look at it from either way, I guess. Uh, but nevertheless, like still 
without Ring of Honor, there's nothing. There's no AEW. There's no WWE. Well, there is WWE, but you know, there's no WWE that we see it nowadays that they're relying on a lot of those indie stars. Um, it sucks. I just don't know what's going to come about it. I think I agree with you, Mike, that they're going to take it like show by show and like really see where they lie. Uh, as far as that tape library, honestly, like it's probably going to AEW. Like they'll, I, they'll probably buy it out. Cause I think it's only like from 2012 on, uh, you don't have a oh, lot of the like, whole library. Stuff. Are yeah. you sure though? I'm pretty sure it's the whole library yeah. because uh, Sinclair, when they bought ring of honor, they bought, all the way back to day one. They have the whole library. Well, then they yep. need to get off their ass and figure out what they're doing with it. So they could, this is why they're going out. They didn't want to make any money off it. I don't know if you're familiar at all with their streaming, uh, streaming product, uh, Anthony, uh, uh, honor club. Oh, right. It's, it's horrible. It yeah. is. It, it's difficult to use. Uh, only a fraction of the, of, of the content is on there. Mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like if they were doing that properly and they had all the content there and it was categorized properly and it was, it was easy to navigate then they would have a lot more profit off that. I've always wondered why they had it like a stream service. Like I would go on a fight TV and I see, Oh, get honor club. I'm like, what the fuck is this honor club, a whole streaming service for them. I mean, like, you know, you mentioned something um, about the tape library and I'm just going to kind of play hypothetical here a little bit. Right. Let's just say that hypothetically the tape library is for sale. Right. We could see like a battle of who's got a bigger hammer between Vince McMahon and Tony Khan here. You know, these guys could go yeah. to war over that tape library. That could be a fun yeah. little thing to keep your eye on. Unfortunately, I think it'll be a matter of Vince will have that ego thing where it'll be like, as soon as Tony starts fighting for it, Vince is going to be like, oh, I don't even want it. That way you it doesn't so? look. Yeah, that way, yeah. It doesn't, that way it doesn't look like he got in a fight with, with Tony Khan and lost. You know what I, I mean? I don't see Vince backing he, down if he wants something. Well, because he already came right out and said, uh, apparently, that this is a rumor, of course. Uh, anything that comes off of Ringside News or Dave Meltzer, I take with a grain of fucking salt. But um, apparently, right away, Vince said he had absolutely no interest whatsoever in any of the stars from ROH coming over to or coming over to WWE. Yeah. If uh, that is true, silly. then what if WWE, if WWE still had their WWE network the way it was two years ago, I would say yes, he'd be all over these tapes. Mm-hmm. But he's given the control of it completely over to Peacock, so I don't think he fucking cares. Yeah, you guys yeah. got shafted in the States with that. I heard Peacock's yeah. terrible. It's fucking awful. You can't search for anything. It's so bad. Um, okay, so last question on Ring of Honor then. Uh, Mike, I know this one will probably be a little bit easier for you to answer, but Anthony, you you just started getting into the product. So uh, what's your guys' favorite memory or moment from Ring of Honor? A couple of them off the top of your head. Just a couple off the top of your head. I know you can't pick one. Um, uh, Anthony, let's go with you on this one. I'll give Mike time to think because there's a million popping in his yeah. head. <laughs> I mean, uh, as far as like what I've seen, uh, you know, in this last year, like I really, really liked uh, what is it? The the pure division. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Uh, fucking. Yeah. I, it's just different. I like yeah. different, good, different in wrestling. Yeah, it's very good. Different, um, especially in the pandemic, like with the empty arenas like that worked so well yeah. in their favor. Like and, it, it just felt so different how, from everything else. And how fucking good is Jonathan Gresham? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's I like everyone in that division. I can't like name specific names like off the top of my head, but like Mike, anyone Mike that Bennett fought for that really, 
Mike Bennett, Mike Bennett was really starting yeah, to shine uh, in that division. Jo- Josh Woods. Uh, yeah, it, Josh Woods. Yeah, that's yeah, one. It was an amazing uh, – they really brought that division. Because th- this division – this was a return for the pure division. Mm-hmm. And the division, you know, I mean, even Brian Danielson himself is a, is a former pure champion. But mm-hmm. it felt different this time, didn't it, Tyler? It did. Like, it, felt, they, they, it, it did feel a lot different. And, um, and in a good way. Yeah. Like, I, like the pure title was known for Nigel McGuinness. That's mm-hmm. the guy that really built that title – and him yeah. and Danielson had a great rivalry uh, where they eventually unified the title, which is a match that I'm, I'm trying to find a storyline for that. Like I'm trying to find clips. That's what yeah. I want to do on our show on Class Match Classroom is, is that unified match. But it's looking like I'm – there's not a lot of stuff on it. I don't think we can get a show. But like mm-hmm. that match is so good. Danielson and McGinnis have that great history for it. And that's where my memories are from Ring of Honor. You basically give me anything the year 2006 in Ring of Honor – and I'm all over it. Yeah. Uh, the world title reign of Brian Danielson was where he really came into his own. Uh, he called himself, he would always win matches with small packages and would call himself Mr. Small Package, which is <laughs> hilarious. That's where he started the I have till five thing that yeah. he does, which he's brought back in AEW, which I really am happy about. You had the feud with Ring of Honor and CZW, which was crazy. Like, Anthony, if you think that... um uh, the WWF and ECW had their little fun feud. We got to take a deep dive into to Ring of Honor and EC and, and CZW. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, they they had a great feud. Um, Austin got, Aries and Roderick yeah. Strong were the tag champions at that time. Like anything, 06 Ring of Honor is my personal favorites. I gotta go. Pretty much everybody knows how big of a Briscoes fan I am. So a lot of my memories have to do with the Briscoes especially their feud with Steen and Generico. Yeah, that man, uh, that, that, that first ever ladder war between those two teams will go down in history. Um, going to modern times, just like Anthony said, the Pure Division really finished this last year off in such an amazing way. Uh, so that, that, that made me really happy. That's always going to stick with me. Um, the other thing that always will stick with me is the feud uh, with Scum. Yeah. So, Steve Carino is one of the greatest heels in the history of the planet. And the stuff he did with Scum and, and ROH. Yeah, Scum, Scum was a great faction. It was Carino, it was Jimmy Jacobs, it was Kevin Steen. Matt mm-hmm. Hardy got involved with it towards mm-hmm. the end of it. And then Steen made a baby face turn. Cliff Compton was in, involved in that angle. Yeah, there it was some really good stuff. They had like the, the three-man trio of Steen, Carino, and Jimmy Jacobs for a while that were running you know, Ring of Honor. You know, you, you know what you got to show Anthony one day, uh, Tyler, is the uh, Carino Dusty stuff from ECW. Oh, that's fun too. Right? Dusty Rhodes had a cup of coffee in ECW. That's right. Really? <laughs> American oh, yeah. Dream, oh, but baby. it was so good. Him yeah, and was Steve good. Carino were amazing. Yeah, they had a bull rope match. That was really good for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, one more, one more match I got to mention, just because of how special it is to me, the Briscoes versus the Girls Destiny in 2019, the latter war they had, only because I was there. It was the one and only ROH fan, uh, ROH show I ever got to attend. So being there that night and seeing that incredibly violent match, that will always stick with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, for me, the coolest match I saw live for Ring of Honor, I've got two that come to mind. Nigel McGuinness versus Kevin Steen for the world title the first time they came to Toronto. And I saw such an awesome triple threat match. It was Tyler Black, who is Seth Rollins, versus Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. 
And it was awesome. Oof. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Bound for Hate in Mississauga. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Check that one out. Yeah, it's super, yeah. It's super good. Yeah, it was like joke. It was Kenny Omega before he found New Japan. Like it was young Kenny. Yeah, Omega. yeah. But uh, the last thing I want to say about Ring of Honor, and we're going to move on here. I want to tip my cap to them for the way that they took care of their staff during the pandemic. Everybody was paid in full, even when they weren't running shows. The precaution that they took to keep everybody safe during the level of uncertainty, uh, paying for the Ring of Honor bubble. Uh, and you can hear Ian Riccoboni talk about that. Go back into our archives. I just want to tip my cap and just say what a class act that is. And let's hope for the best for Ring of Honor going forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm not ready to give up on this company. No, I hope I hope we see them keep going. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do one more talking point here. This is something, uh, this is kind of the reason why you're here too, Anthony. Is, yes. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mike just kind of mentioned something off the top of his head. And I got a text message from Anthony. He's like, if you talk about this, I want to come on the show and do this. Yes. We talked about go away heat or X-Pac mm-hmm. heat, if you will. Um, and, and, you know, kind of the, the recent uh, backlash that Cody Rhodes has been getting uh, and the go away heat. Uh, a lot of people have had it. I'm going to open it up right away to you, Anthony. Like, I, I want to know what you think about uh, this type of heat. Uh, if you think it's bullshit, if you think it's justified, where's your head out here? You're the one who said you want to talk about it. So I'm going to open the floor up to you first. Oh, man. All right. So I think it's varied. I, I wouldn't say it's entirely justified or it's entirely BS. I think it depends on the person. Uh like you just mentioned, like immediately when I think of, uh, you know, like go away heat right now, I'm thinking Cody Rhodes personally, okay. because I can't fucking stand him. He has go away heat with me. Okay. So, so before, before you move on. Yeah. I want to get into this. Tell me why I need to know. I, 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 I need to know. This. And, and, and I want to know if, if it's a generational thing and I don't keep going, I don't mean to keep picking on you because you're rich, but, no, yeah, but, yeah. but let's be honest. You're young. I'm old enough to be your fucking father. So, so, you, don't, so, you don't have to call him daddy though i promise yes, oh. you, you, yes. trust me i was not going to <laughs> you're not supposed to tell him oh sorry sorry he's supposed to figure that out for himself <laughs> um, yeah, i'm curious so, about so, this too so, though so, so i want to know is it like are, are we what just two, di- are two different kind of stand- fans i get it i get what there is to hate about cody i do but why now Everybody was ready to suck. Everybody was ready to suck his dick two years ago. What's changed? So I, I liked Cody when he was doing like the undashing stuff with the mask and everything in the paper bags. Cause you know, character, I just love that. You know, even like the, I wouldn't say the stardust stuff I really enjoyed, but like fucking like whatever. Yeah. He pulled it off. Like when he was with gold dust and the tag team, like I love that once he left WWE, I just could not get behind him. And especially in AEW, because for me, Cody, I just don't get what he's trying to get across himself as like he comes out. Everyone has to either come from one tunnel or the other tunnel on the sides. He is the only one that gets the middle tunnel. All right. Even Orn has to come from one of the side tunnels. All right. He gets all this fucking pyro. You know, he uh, he gets this huge entrance. Uh, his wife comes down to the ring. And this was more so like, you know, earlier on in AW. It's kind of been uh, taken down a little bit nowadays. But like, you know, you look at it like 
he's always been put as the underdog in stories. And that's because he presents himself as that. Like, you know, he's in a story. Oh, if I can't be Jericho, I'm going to never fight for the title again. But the thing is, he always is in favor and he always has the advantage because he can use his weight belt and it's not a DQ. He can do all this stuff. He has Arn telling him what to do and scouting his opponents. Plus, if he gets in any type of shit, he has the entire Rhodes family or whatever, the nightmare family that comes out and uh, clears the air for him. You know what I mean? So he always is presenting himself as this underdog, but at the same time, as a babyface, he is still this, uh, you know, juggernaut in Cody Rhodes that I'm supposed to cheer for him because, you know, you're trying to relate to me. But then again, you're cutting all these uh, unrelatable promos and you're acting like you're this, you know, common man and everything like get, get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, I cannot I relate it. to you at all. I like, get it. I do. I, I totally fucking get it. But that to me. You're hating his character right now. You're, that's yeah, good. You're, you're, no, it's yeah. not because he's a because he's, well, he's a face. Yeah, but so, that's so, go away. So, so, is, so is, 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 is their faces right. and heels right now? Like, yes, there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of yes, there middle is. ground there. I, I think when Cody comes out and says, "I'm never going to turn heel again," doesn't do him any favors because that makes me not want to cheer for him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I, I, I could see that if he was hinting at being a heel for me, he's not I think hinting he's working, at anything. Man. I think he's working us. Mm, that's more on social media for me. Honestly, when you're on TV and I'm seeing what he's doing, it's full baby face. So Mike, give, like, me, your, give me a rebuttal here. Cause I've got my own take on Cody. That's completely. Oh, different. you're not going to hear much of a rebuttal because I, because uh, thing is with me, I didn't like Cody Rose to begin with. Hmm. My problem lies with the millions of people who were sucking his dick two years ago and now hate him because he's a face. That drives me nuts. It's the same thing that happened in WWE. Oh, we hate Roman Reigns. We hate Roman Reigns. We hate Roman Reigns. Oh, he's a heel now? Let's cheer him. It's the same shit all the fucking time, and I'm so fucking sick of it. It, it, It's cool to, to boo the one you're not supposed to boo. I hate that. And I can never tell when it's that or when it's actual go home heat anymore. Xbox back in the day, that was fucking go home heat. <laughs> I, <laughs> they, I loved Xbox for the they, record. They I never, hated that motherfucker. I never uh, hated Xbox. Uh, I always uh, not that. neither did I. Not I, but I was a scrawny anymore. little fuck. Yeah. So like of course I loved them, right? <laughs> yeah. Like but, before but, I got but, fat in my old age, I was skinny little twig. <laughs> like loved Xbox. But, but nowadays I, I do think there's an element of, of the of the fans who's trying to get themselves over at Cody's expense. I don't think it's that. I think that the fans shit on Cody because of his job title. I think mm. that he gets his go away heat because he's an executive vice president. Oh, and, because because they shit on the Bucks and, and, and Kenny that hard, right? But Cody yeah. presents himself in that role more than the Bucks and Kenny do. If you were, mm. you know what I mean? They don't. He's got a whole TV show about him. That's another young, thing. And the young Bucks don't come out here on air and say, I, I'm an executive vice president. Kenny doesn't say it on air, but Cody does. People are taking uh, Triple H heat which is another form of go away heat, which he's had for a long time as well. And they're putting it on Cody now because of what their job titles are. That's my take on this. If Cody wasn't an executive vice president, I don't think anybody would shit on him. And I think people are shitting on him because of that. And that's where I think his go away heat comes from. Now let's break that down a little bit. Cody is in a, a role of power, right? 
What has Cody done to abuse this power? Nothing. Cody has done nothing but make stars in AEW. You know, he's taken himself out of the title picture right from month three of the company. You know what I mean? Him and Jericho were on one of the first pay-per-views. He lost a stip and he's stuck to that stip for two years now. You got to tip your cap to that. Not one world title program, not one main event program for Cody in two years. So I'll bring it back to you with this. Is Cody really the one that's making the stars? Because you look at it like who he's went against Darby Allen. I don't think, you know, he really Cody, needed Cody. Cody was a huge part of getting Darby Allen over Cody put another, over another, for the TNT title. Another thing that I can't stand about Cody is that the moment is never just about the person that he's getting over. He always has to fucking slide himself into it. Yep. He, he's got to go on one knee with the belt. Like, you know, I understand making stars. That's the whole Cody thing. really the one to make the star. Like just a few years ago, he was the one that people were making stars. Uh, you know, he was the one that yeah. was being made the star. Now, all of a sudden, he's the one. This should be something that Jericho is doing where, you know, Jericho has guys. done that. And that right, exactly. I'm saying like this but is look at Cody, role. though. Cody has put over Darby Allen. He's put over, in my opinion, he's the main reason why MJF is as big as he is. They had that program and Cody really, really gave to MJF. He let MJF shine. MJF was going to be a star regardless, man. Yeah, but Cody helped him get there faster. If it wasn't Cody, it was going to be somebody else. Cody put over Malachi Black in a squash match when he debuted. Brody Lee. Yeah. Cody. Yeah, Cody. Yeah, saved I, I'll give you and Malachi. Then, and then, no, and then he made it about himself. He took off his fucking right. boots in the ring. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was stupid. Yeah. That was stupid. I agree with that. I thought that was a terrible angle, but I thought that they gave Malachi. You know I'll give you Brody. I will they, give you Brody. And they Lee. gave Malachi more heat after that when he came out and laid Cody out again and made people hate Malachi even more. So Cody got squashed by Malachi and then was going to do this I'm stepping away thing. And Malachi laid him out again. That's more heat for Malachi. Uh, I feel the, like that would have worked better if it was the next week. You had to do it right after and steal. Yeah, I, well, I, I forgot that, about the seven minute squash. I think know. the boot thing was stupid in general. I don't like when yeah. they do fake retirements. That's why nobody respects a stipulation, right? Mm -hmm. Brody Lee, Cody rejuvenated Brody Lee's stale character in AEW. Sure. That character I will sucked. give you that. Yeah, it did. I don't know. I don't, I don't see the hate for Cody. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Cody Rhodes has cut some of the best promos in that company's history. You look at his match with Dustin after that was done and Dustin's mm. covered in blood. I need a tag team partner. I want my brother. Like, if that doesn't fucking tug that, at you. That was amazing. That was fantastic. That was look at his promo I, I that he cut I, after the cage match against Wardlow. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that before. It was off air and he just picked up the microphone and he was just having a moment where, you know, he was thinking about his dad and the history in Atlanta and he was emotional. And it, Cody is the only guy that's tugging on real emotions for me in that company. I think it goes down to two. And I, and I know you're not going to agree with me. I think Anthony might. At the end of the day, you look at a guy like Cody Rhodes and you say, would I, would I be buddies with that guy? I and would be. I know you would be, but you also. I'm not met a very Cody good person. <laughs> I've um, met Cody Rhodes. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he is, but he just looks like a piece of shit. Yeah, so and, do you, and, but I'm and, friends and, with you. Well, I said you're not a very good person. <laughs> I mean, like. Um, yeah, no, he does not present himself like somebody I'd want to hang out with. 
No, right. not at all. I think we're going to let's, pass on let's, Cody. Let's go to let's, somebody else. Like, let's get yeah. off Cody for a minute. I um, Let's go through a little bit of the history of Go Home Heat here. I wrote down a bunch of names, and I want us each to talk about whether or not the heat on these people was actual real Go Home Heat and whether it was deserved or not. Now, I don't know how true this is, but from what I've read, from what I can get, long before X-Pac, there was something called Boss Man Heat. Oh, the big boss man had go away heat. I could Appa- see that with boss a- man. Apparently, that's where go home heat really started. Like heel, was, heel uh, boss no, man no, in 99, no, no, face boss no. man. Face boss face man. Back in the late 80s, because they didn't, because they already had heel boss man at one point and they became face boss man. They didn't want him. So I never, saw, so, I never heard that before. I just read that today. I mean, I was seven and I loved his theme song. So he didn't have any yeah. heat with me. <laughs> Um, around the same era, early nineties, we could, we could all say that evil doink is probably one of the greatest characters ever, but face doink, he had some fucking go home heat. Face doink had Um, go home heat for sure. Anybody who, uh, you can go on YouTube and watch a match he had with Waylon Mercy. Anybody who gets Waylon Mercy over, (laughs) they were with, within a minute of the match, the crowd is chanting, kill Kill the clown. clown? I do remember those chants. Yeah. Yeah, Doink Jesus. the Clown, I'll give you, I think he had some babyface Doink the Clown. I think the heel yeah. Doink the Clown character. Had, had the right heat. If, if yeah. Anthony, right. if your list went back to the 90s, heel Doink the Clown should be on your list for missed opportunities. And uh, Yeah, I, I could see that. Like even watching, like I always go back and watch the first episode of Raw, mm-hmm. like face Doink in the crowd. I was like, fucking get this guy off my screen. Let me just watch the Steiners in peace yeah, for like, God's no, sake. No, dude, that, that was Damien Demento. He yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was so cool because like he would come out and like make balloon animals and give them to like a little kid and then, and then when the match ended yeah. he would pop the balloon and the kid <laughs> would start crying and oh, shoot fuck. like he was yeah, genius Matt Bourne, was great. Matt, Matt Bourne yeah was fucking before his time man yeah. um let's let's move to 1996 early 1997 uh die rocky die <laughs> yeah rocky. early rocky my via man uh, they tried so hard to get him over as a face, and it just wasn't going to happen. Yep. Yeah. They, they, that crowd hated that man. Um, there's a, a talking point that uh, that we'll be talking about, Anthony. That's going to air on Class Match Classroom this week, where uh, The Rock is cutting a promo about overcoming racism, and the whole arena is chanting "Rocky sucks" as they cut to uh, like these white rednecks wearing Austin three sixteen shirts. Yeah. Like, oh God! It was yeah. Be prepared for a lot of racism talk this week. But uh, yeah, I didn't. I get the Rocky heat a little bit. They really tried hard with him. I remember at the Slammy Awards they put him with like the supermodel. Like yeah, it was really fake. And and the Rock was really fake at this point. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. didn't know who he was yet, right? So, yeah, I could I could see yeah. the Rock getting getting that heat. Um, early two thousands. I truly don't think the Edge ever had go home heat. Yes, he did. But Lita sure as fuck did. No, Edge had go home heat when he came I- back. I don't. I don't feel. We like booed him out much. of his own hometown at SummerSlam, man. Before he turned heel, <laughs> I was part of that. I don't in think he, he had as much as Lita did. In two thousand and four, the summer of two thousand and four, Edge came back from a broken arm. Right, he was redrafted on Raw, and he came back with this Rob Zombie music. Come on, oh, I love that baby theme. face. Great theme song, absolutely. Edge. <laughs> let's, for the record, I think Edge might have the history of the best theme songs. 
of all time in wrestling. Yeah, he's like every theme he had was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, side so that's a sidebar for a different episode. But Edge <laughs> had go home heat. He was just like after his match with Randy Orton in July at Vengeance, which was a fantastic match for the IC title. He was hated until he turned heel in November. Like we booed him in Toronto. We <laughs> did that. We're <laughs> savage assholes. But he when we chose Batista over him before Batista was cool, like, like before he was like doing his slow turn, we chose <laughs> Batista over Edge. Wow. Edge had go home heat for sure. So what was it about him that you guys booed? You just got he was tired just a of loser. Him? Like he just <laughs> came out like doing nothing. Like he was just a boring baby face. The only he was time stale. Yeah, the only time I ever hated the Edge character was during like around the time he was teaming with Hogan. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Edge in that in that era. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the next year he was still doing the same thing. That's when we got booed. Yeah. With him, right. Mm-hmm. Lita, on the other hand, I think Lita had real heat. I don't think she had go home heat. Well, she had real heat, but it wasn't based on her character. It was based on the fact that. Yeah, but they made it her character. Yeah. yeah. I was just watching heat. that today. The bite this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where Matt Hardy called in. Right. Yeah. Lita had real heat and Lita saved Edge's career. How's that for a full circle? Yeah. No shit. Um, moving on to uh, Vladimir Kozlov. Oh, shit. That was some <laughs> go home fucking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, Except I, for when he's that, with Santino. That's the guy. Yeah, that, that saved him. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, by the way, is the shredded right now. If you've oh, yeah. seen he, he looks stuff. unrecognizable. It's yeah. insane. I got uh, Jeff Russo in his TNA days. Uh, Jeff Who? Russo, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, yeah, Jeff uh, Jarrett. Has... Especially during his last uh, NWA title run. See, they Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett in TNA is justifiable go home heat, whereas mm-hmm. Cody in AEW, I don't get it. Cody is like in the almost the same spot as Jarrett. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're they they are the same position. Jarrett might have had a little bit more power than Cody. But, like, if Cody really wanted to twist Tony Khan's arm, you know he could position himself anywhere he wants in that company, and Tony will go with it. Yeah. Jarrett did that. Jarrett buried everybody. You're skipping one, by the way, but we'll see if you get to it. What do you mean skip? <laughs> well, you're in, where are you? What year are you in right now? I'm not, I'm not in years. Oh, I thought you were going by year. No. How the fuck do you figure years? Well, I wasn't really, I've been drinking. Oh, but then I probably skipped. I only have two left, anyways. I didn't right. write. A, we're not doing a top seven here, piece of shit. Wow. I wrote a couple. This is a discussion point. I read it, wrote a couple down. God, you're a piece of shit. Um, I wrote down a big one because this is this is one we're all going to laugh about because we got it. Doesn't matter what company he was in, if they put him on camera, he had it, and that's Vince Russo. Yeah, that's your boy, yeah. Anthony. Yeah. My bro. boy, bro. My B- you can't be talking about my BFF like that. <laughs> you got Bill After. I got Vince Russo. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, Anthony, I will always hang my hat, even though I never talked to the guy that I was on a podcast with Vince Russo. Yes, it's a good good resume point right there. I was uh, on an episode with Vince Russo. I I laughed Um, at that because you you played me more than you played Russo on that. I know, right? Um, (laughs) I only had 30 minutes with the guy. (laughs) I I got a couple messages from like a couple of our colleagues after and they're like, you were so great. Like, I love that Anthony put you over Russo. (laughs) Russo. I got it. I got it. Um, you can argue that both Cena and Reigns have it or had it. I don't know if it's real go home heat or just the fans 
hijacking. Jumping on a fan. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm with you on that. Cena early 2010s for me. Like, that's when I was really watching. And like, was, I wasn't really was into it. With like Laurenitis and like, Randy yeah, Orton forever. Yes. I had some go home heat with Cena as well. Mm-hmm. All right. I got, I got the last name I have. And then Tyler, you can throw some down. Na- I have two. two. Uh, but the I last name I have is a guy. I'm going to call him the biggest survivor of go home heat in history because he's had it. He's beaten it. Then he's gotten it again. I know. Then he's going, beaten yeah. it again. I think I know. We got to talk about the Miz. Yeah. I was yeah. just going to yeah. say, is he dancing with the stars? <laughs> <laughs> the Miz had go home heat with the locker room. I was listening yeah. <laughs> to uh, uh, Mike Chioda on uh, the JBL did podcast the, did, today. Did you tell the Chris Benoit story? Yeah, where Benoit yeah. threw him out of the locker room. He, would, chick, he was eating, eating chicken wings. Eating chicken over, over, uh, yeah. over Brad Armstrong's bag. Or um, uh, Scott Armstrong's bag. Mm-hmm. Benoit made him dress. And then Bradshaw laughed. He's like, I took all the heat for that. It was Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no Benoit didn't let Miz in the locker room for a good like couple two, three months, months. Man. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah uh, Miz but, a good call. but Miz like how many times did you bounce back from it early Miz right. early Miz was go home heat for me uh when he's on the chick magnet oh, like I hated oh, yeah. that. that and that that ooh, that was bad that, that yeah shit, that was Miz hurtful. is awesome you know I'm the Miz and I'm awesome with Riley oh man what a stud and then yeah. Miz has been go home heat with me um Pretty much since he partnered up with Ric Flair. No, okay. They, uh, he hasn't been saved for me, and it's just uh, really with the Hollywood with Mizdow. You didn't like that. I liked him and him and Maurice. Was that after Flair? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like when him and Maurice were together and they were feuding with Cena. That that was good stuff. Mizdow was, was really good. Mizdow was, was great. But then there was like this weird transition after that where he just went yeah, back to. Yeah, he was with like the awesome. you know. Axel and Bo Dallas for a while. I like that as well. I I didn't mind that, but he had this weird thing where he was like, just went back. It was like shortly after that when he he didn't have Maurice, he didn't have them. And he was just like, I'm the Miz and I'm awesome. It's like, you know, you've done this already. You need something different. And for me, John Morrison and the Miz together is instant turn the channel. I don't find them entertaining. It's bad. It was so bad. I was so happy when Morrison came back because I thought it was going to be something. And now it's just, it's weird because the two of them together was so bad of go away heat. But now that the Miz is doing like dancing with the stars and shit, and it's just Morrison, whenever I see Morrison, now it's still kind of like hanging on to that go away heat that I'm like, I just don't want to see you in the position that you're in right now. Like, just please get off my screen. Yeah. He's got some go away heat for me right now. Yeah. Uh, Nia Jax has got go away heat for me. That's the one I forgot. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the the big one that I think that you didn't touch on is Triple H had some real serious go away go away heat in uh, around WrestleMania 19. Yeah, right, right, right from WrestleMania 18 until he was done, he just squashed everybody. He did bad business. And, you you yeah. know I'm a massive uh, Triple H fan, and it hurts me to 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 admit it and agree with that. But I, it's it's undebatable. You're you're 100 right on that. They, I mean. Some people will go ahead and try to argue that he's had it his entire career. I call that bullshit. Yeah. He's had it. He's had it for that short period of time. Well, the period of time that you blocked man. out, I would say was. I think he's the reason why people give it to Cody now, though. I think mm. they draw those comparisons. Yeah. I really, I really think I that know. people it, remember. It's, it's part H. of it. But... I think that has something to do with it. I, I really do. Um, I have a huge one, but Anthony, I know you've got a couple. So, so lay them on you and I'll, I'll bring it home with my big one. Yeah, yeah. I had a few really just from recent years, because that's really like what I'm uh, more familiar with. Even Marie, 
is probably at the top of that list. Like even I like, like Eva I yeah, of course. But um, I uh, I remember just in NXT when she when they tried to bring her down to NXT to do some work with like Bailey and Nia Jax, like she was getting that. so much. I enjoyed it, but like you could tell that everyone was like, "Please, but that's, that's go why away. like they were smart to do that. It was intentional, right? Like that's I like true. That. That's it, that's a good. That, that was is, like that is a good point. That was like heat heat. How about Dana Brooke? That's cool. Dana Brooke. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sucks to say because I'm a I'm a low key Dana Brooke I, fan. I but... never I never saw the hype in her. I I I, I got to admit, you know, she, she cut a really good her. promo against Ronda, and then that was it. I, I thought they were getting go home heat at the end. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah def- definitely around that did. Survivor Series. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, early 2015 Roman goes without saying. Uh, really like majority of 2015 and 2016 roman um what else oh uh baron corbin is a huge one oh, he's another one that happy yeah. corbin and, i was and gonna I like say he's another thing. one that uh you know survives the minute home the minute he came up like in nxt i thought he was gonna be a big fucking deal mm-hmm. they did a great job with him in nxt yeah know, the, the minute they shaved his head put a dress shirt on him and said you're gonna be this corporate guy fucked yeah done and uh, one more drink off him. Yeah, <laughs> but once they did the uh, broke ass Baron Corbin, that was yeah, that was good. I, I like that. Uh, but one more, and uh, you mentioned like someone that was saved from go away he twice. Like I don't know what you guys think about this. For me, he was saved from it twice in one year. Twenty nineteen, Seth Rollins. For me, yeah, he was yeah. getting it because he was getting it when he was with Becky. And he was getting it when he was with oh, the yeah. fiend because he was unbearable. See, like even a little bit of that Brock fight feud. Vince McMahon after that. Yeah, match. It, <laughs> did you hear uh, that, Mike? it was yeah, so bad. He he say because at the beginning of the year, everything with the Rumble, he was doing great. Then he won the title. It was downhill. He's kind of saved himself with that Brock feud, but then downhill again with the fiend. And then it was like that, uh, whatever the Messiah gimmick that he picked up. And then he was fine from there on, but fuck that year was tough for him. So but, I, uh, I, I've got two. I'll mention Billy Gunn had a lot oh, of yeah. go away. He well, for a time. long time. Billy, I don't know what Billy Gunn did, but Billy bitch cake sure as hell did. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, the, the, the absolute biggest goal we go away heat of all time for me is um, specifically Shawn Michaels, but Degeneration X 1997. They need to fuck right off. Yeah. I, I've watched way too much DX 97 lately. I I can't get <laughs> through it. The, that was my obsession when I was 16. Though, go so. back and me too. Go back and rewatch it. I can't even, I cannot get through a Shawn Michaels promo anymore in 1997. I can't, I'm, and, and if you want to hear a detailed take of that, tune in to the classic, classic match classroom. Anthony, where do they find that at what? You can find the graphics on the screen. I'm kidding. You can find <laughs> wrong it. Wrong uh, show. <laughs> wrong show. You can find it uh, anywhere on YouTube and on Twitter at CM Classroom, not to be confused with CM Punk, and yes. on Instagram at Classic Match Classroom. You can find all of our episodes every Sunday. And there is also always a link at www.canadaout7.com. Make sure we hit that in every episode as well. But yeah, I, I'm i going to go on a huge rant this week on DX97. And uh, that'll be the teaser. If you want to hear me go off on that. Yeah. And I'll be early in the morning. I'm going to be pissed off. So it's not going to be. <laughs> I can't I can't handle DX97. Shawn Michaels just ruins everything. Triple H is like a little bitch boy. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, Shawn. Yeah, yeah, Shawn. Like, China was cool. 
and Rick Rude. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Rick Rude. All right, man. Well, that was fun, guys. I enjoyed that. Uh, let's get into Anthony's list here. I know we're running a little bit Broadway here, but uh, I'm having a good time, and let's keep the good time rolling, man. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's get into this list. I have been planning this idea for a list for a while now, and it was really fucking hard to narrow it down to seven. Um, I'll do the honorable mentions. You guys do them at the end. So I'll keep the honorable mentions for after the seven, but we will jump right into this because we got the top seven missed booking opportunities for the WWE in the last 10 or so years. So number seven, I'm going to go with something that I was really looking forward to like mid 2010s around 2016. Uh, Just the idea of the cruiserweight division Uh, because they brought it back. You know, the Cruiserweight Classic, probably one of the best tournaments that WWE's put on right. years, yeah. uh, maybe ever, you know, with the quality of matches, the presentation, it felt different. You had Morrow and uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson on commentary. It yeah, just they were felt so good different. Together. They were great. That was probably like, I'm not a huge Morrow Ranala fan and I go on record on saying that, but like his Cruiserweight Classic stuff, like top notch. Um it was just such a great chance for them to evolve with the times and to do what so many other companies were both uh, before and after them were doing wrong with WCW and Tyler. We saw a lot of that with the cruiserweight division uh, in WCW around 97 and what a lot of companies were doing right, of course, with TNA and now AEW, but like making the cruiserweights different from everything else, their presentation of it was so just bad you had like the purple ring ropes and like the little logos on you would get like one segment on raw when they were just on raw um and then they moved over to the separate show which i think was a huge downgrade for them as well because like now you're in a situation where you need to build up people uh you know be it with characters or storylines and they just didn't do it they relied a lot on the in-ring action and sure a lot of it was great with ali and buddy murphy and all these different guys i loved king neville i thought he was doing some of his best work as a heel uh enzo was fun when he had the title but like tell me something else from 205 live outside of those two you know what i mean like Triple H was just, ta- uh, I think it was Tony Nese that he yeah. was mentioning uh, Triple H's original vision that it was supposed to be kind of similar to what AEW is doing now with the rankings and, you know, uh, just making it different. But like it, it could have worked so well and somehow it just fell flat on its face. That's a great number well, seven. I, how, I could even see hell, more. How the hell do you bring in a tournament like that? You bring in a guy like Tyson Dukes and you job him out. And you don't <laughs> sign him to a contract. Ho ho loon. Yeah, you even had Brian Kendrick in there for God's sake. I know. Tyson and he Dukes. pulled out a burning hammer in the fucking we, tournament. We, we almost had like the uh, what I was what I wanted to call the Kendrick sons. I thought we were gonna gonna get a big like new Brian Kendrick. We I was ready hope. to see Ezekiel we, yeah. Jackson back with the white <laughs> getup and <laughs> doing his little dance. Oh man, but ah, oh, such a bad. Yeah, had misspoken opportunity. I could, you know, it just goes to show the fact that this is just your number seven. Mm. This is huge. Like this could easily be a number one. You know, with what I mean? like they, ten honorable mentions. I they really, they really did drop the ball on this. Uh, I think once Vince got his hands on it, I think this was a Vince fuck up for sure. Yeah, which, which you been. can say about 
pretty much anything in the last yeah. Game. So it's I, I guess I guess all of course. it is a Vince fuck up, right? It's his final yeah. call, well, but yeah. yeah, they they took something special that had but the how, wrestling world how talking. often how often do you hear about you know especially Triple H? Triple Triple H will take something and be like, okay, this is what I want to do, and it sounds awesome. It's gonna be awesome, and, it, and it's gonna be the greatest thing we ever heard. And then he hands it to Vince, and Vince is like. <clears throat> And, NXT, and, and, the you know, whole thing. It's it's it, we hear about it all the fucking time. So we, mm-hmm. before we go to number six here, I'm going to ask you guys both this question: the 205 live tournament ends. Right? Uh, who who won it? TJP won the tournament, right? Mm-hmm. If you had the book, what do you do with that division right now? Mm, honestly, if I'm booking it, you have a three hour raw. You can find time to. Uh, just make the cruiserweight division fill into raw and it'll take a lot of time away from the already stagnant roster that they had around that 2016 period. Uh, You know, just give me some characters. Uh, You could do stuff with TJP and you had a lot of guys that they brought in. Like I said, like Brian Kendrick was in the mix of things. Rich Schwann was great. Yeah. Cedric Alexander, uh, Mustafa Ali, some great characters, you know, build them up a little bit but keep them within the mix of things like kind of what uh, WCW 97 was doing, but actually like care about it. And they just didn't whatsoever. Mike, what are you so, doing? If you got the book. The third hour of raw is raw underground with, <laughs> with, with cruiserweights and Omos as the bodyguard. And, 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 and Vince Russo was the GM. Instead of, <laughs> <laughs> fucking yeah. So everything oh. is on a pole. Oh, everything, everything is on a pole. I am uh, I am saying that they should have finished that tournament and put that cruiserweight title in NXT. Yeah, I think it really would have shined in NXT. Yeah, because because they, they only have the two belts there, right? Uh, the three belts with the tag team titles, yeah. right? I, I think they w- it would have got time to shine. I think they would have developed angles towards it. I think if they put it in NXT, it would have done well. And the best thing that they could have done. Sign Silver King, but that's another hey, story for another there you day. Go. There you go. Sign that's Silver Anthony. King and Lil Guido, but that's uh, Anthony's that's a whole boy. Other show. Anthony's boys since we've started the show is Silver King, Lil Guido, and Brian Pillman. Yes, <laughs> my boys list is slowly yeah, building up. Boys list, <laughs> but nevertheless, let's move on to All right, well, well, one six. of these days. One of oh. these days, we'll get Anthony up north to a Barry wrestling show, and his boys list is going to multiply quite a bit. Oh, I'm yeah, sure of it. I'm just from the way that you were describing some of those guys for the tournament. I was like, I need to watch some of these guys. But can they contend with Silver King? That is the true question. <laughs> Two more wins, and he'll be promoted to Gold King. <laughs> Love it. Number six, uh, easy Shinsuke Nakamura. You sign him. He is at the peak of his popularity as the king of strong style in New Japan. Uh, had probably two of the best matches that I've ever seen back to back Wrestle Kingdoms with Ibushi and Styles. Yeah. You bring him into a huge, beautiful debut. They did everything so perfectly, presenting him as a huge star in NXT, um, doing the phenomenal match in dallas with Sami Zayn. his nxt run was okay he held the title like what two or three times yeah, he was doing joe, him and joe had a good run yeah they had a great program and you know everyone wanted to see him on the main roster see him go against cena and you know uh orton and all these different guys and you bring him to the main roster and his first fucking opponent is dolph ziggler boom done right there does dolph oh. ziggler have go away heat oh you know what for me, yes, one hundred percent. I love Dolph. I can't stand him. 
I, I'm um, sorry, but I can't stand. I, I I'm not gonna say. See, I, I'm not gonna say that I really felt they dropped it on on, on Knack until WrestleMania. Yeah, well, yeah, that's AJ what Styles I was getting to. Right? Yeah, because yeah, like, because him winning the Royal Rumble was the right move. Oh yeah, well, winning the Royal Rumble was huge, but then they put him in a position where you know you need him to win and it's yeah. obvious that they weren't going to let him succeed and that was going to hurt him a lot so mm-hmm. then why put him in that position to begin with you know you could hold it off for a year it, you could do and, something and else they seem to really believe that this heel turn was going to work on him mm-hmm. and, and it, the writing was on the wall from day one that it wasn't going to work yeah and, and you had knew it wasn't going to work and you had multiple chances where you could break out from that you know the heel turn didn't work sure but now we have this form and they just didn't go all in. They never gave yeah. him a world championship run for whatever Adam job reason. And Jinder Mahal. God, God, it was so that's bad. What, that's what killed him. That whole year from 2017 to 2018, you had multiple chances to put the title on him and they just did not do it. And then it was just a matter of mid card titles, you know, putting him in the tag team with Cesaro. You know, I would go as far as to say that I think they messed up Nakamura more than they did with Cesaro because you had an established name in Nakamura who was a star in Japan. He comes over to the States. Sure. He has a good NXT run, but he's bodied from then on out Cesaro. You know, he didn't really have that name to him as much as Nakamura did. And he was fucked still, but shit, how could you go wrong with Shinsuke? Like if you take a look at that um, SummerSlam run, he, he had that program. This is like, I just said, where, where I think he died against um, Jinder Mahal, right? Right. Well, like a month later, they had AJ Styles beat Mahal for the title. So mm-hmm. why not just flip it? Why not have Shinsuke beat AJ at, or sorry, why not have Shinsuke beat Jinder at SummerSlam and have AJ win the Royal Rumble? Yeah. And then have AJ beat Shinsuke for the belt at WrestleMania and Shinsuke turns heel. That Yeah. That's I think it would have changed everything. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just don't understand how you could do that to someone who has the talent of Nakamura. You have even a chance nowadays in 2021, you had the shot to put him, uh, put him up against Reigns and sure he didn't have to win, but you didn't even get the match between Reigns and uh, Nakamura when he went through that whole gauntlet. They were teasing it. They never did it. And now he's stuck with uh, Rick Boogs, which I, I like Boogs, but still yeah, I don't like, mind him either. yeah, but still it's like, he's on the back burner now and it's always going to be that he was always put on the back burner. And I, I can't, I can't stand it. Yeah. I'm with I you can't. I can't find it, but I, I'm looking for this thing that Tyler, you actually sent to me not long ago. And it had like a list of matches that Knack had in the last 12 months. And uh, I think there were, and I, I think there was, like, I think so. And I think there was like three names on it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like all Baron yeah. Corman. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing too. Yeah. It's the same uh, opponents all the time. But yeah. And that's my, that's my beef with the current product. It's no hype. It's repeat thing. Yeah. Like for instance, same as, we, as we record this on Monday Night Raw tonight, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair fought. Why are they fighting on Raw? Well, oh, I'm shaking everything on my, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hate that's a pain you're gonna blow your mic out again oh no (laughs) did i unplug my mic i shouldn't have done all that no you're good i like that's a pay-per-view match that should never be on monday night raw it was a pay-per-view match it was on a pay-per-view and now they're doing it again Ah, give me your number five i'm getting so dumb number five (laughs) this is a fun one so i said that i had one from 2020 here it is 
Retribution, and I'm uh, putting it with the hacker uh, on SmackDown because for me, watching in the pandemic, the hacker was one of the most intriguing concepts that they could have come up with because they could have used that to help them out so much during the pandemic. GTV to 2020. Yeah, I mean, like, you had the ability to, like, have an added layer to a lot of your storylines, kind of help progress development in the characters and storylines. And they were doing that with everything with uh, Mandy Rose and Otis, which I love that story, by the way. Uh, But the hacker kind of helped with that. um, And they just dropped the angle. And, like, I think everyone was kind of expecting it to be Ali. But the way that they went about it in looping Ali in by having him in a random backstage promo, just say, oh, by the way, do you remember like a few months ago when there was a hacker on SmackDown? I was the hacker. And then just doesn't mention it from there on out. So just dumb. So that's the hacker. And then Retribution, like I didn't have an issue with the members that they picked, nor did I really have an issue with like giving them the new names and everything, which is weird that I wouldn't have an issue with that. But regardless, I didn't like the lack of direction and reasoning as to why they were together. Like I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to go on to Twitter to find out why these guys are a team. And that's what they're doing here is that they're literally they just look like a bunch of high school kids. Uh, listen, I'm Mike, yeah. I'm going to let you take this one because yeah. you know yeah. that I refuse well, to talk about retribution. Well, on this show. I, 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 I was wondering why. It. I was wondering why you never told Anthony that we don't say the R word on this show. Yeah, we don't say the R word. Oh, no. Did I I curse? Uh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Before you and I knew each other and before we came into contact with each other, I have a huge beef with with Retribution. Every week I had to hear this shit. I refuse to speak (laughs) about them. If I wanted to watch a bunch of high school kids fucking spray paint a building, I would fucking watch a bunch of, like, they were the least intimidating faction of all time. I might take, I can't, I'm not talking. Listen, about man, <laughs> listen, I, listen, I really, really like that story. What, when it was called the Nexus, mm. you know, when it was done properly, Stay tuned. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you, you took something and this is, this is two cases. Both these things you, you talked about was you, you took something that somebody else either did or wanted to do and you fucked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, the hacker thing. That was Sammy Callahan, man. Sammy Callahan. Um, when he was in, in, in WWE, he pitched that gimmick to Vince. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah. Vince said, Vince said, no, Sammy left and went to, went, went, went to impact. Then Vince said, oh, let's do this gimmick. Mm-hmm. Fucking. So, so he takes it. If he would have left that in Sammy's hand, Sammy, Sammy would have done wonderful things with that gimmick because yeah. Sammy is a fucking genius. I'm not taking anything away from, from Mustafa Ali. He could have done something very nice with that, with that gimmick had, they allowed him to do it mm-hmm. but just like you said it was a it was an it was an afterthought it was not it was it was an after afterthought you know yeah. it, it was ridiculous just like you said he was like oh yeah by the way that was me and you know that, that was a bigger letdown than uh hornswoggle being the illegitimate son or <laughs> or or hornswoggle being the be, being the the general manager or, or, or hornswoggle or <laughs> thank you <laughs> i mean like you had all these guys but again, like I didn't have a problem with them choosing like, you know, Dijakovic, which like, sure, like they should have just kept him as Dijakovic, whatever. Uh, Mia Yim, that's a story in itself. Dijakovic and Mia Yim. Who can we associate with the both of them? Keith Lee, 
you couldn't have just run with the story with them and yeah, made it a little bit interesting. Like yeah. you have a huge angle there. You have Ali who could have run with, I thought that they were going with Ali and uh, Kofi mania because uh, the whole backstory of that uh, Kofi was slotted into Ali's spot in elimination chamber. There was so much you could have did with this. And I thought that this was going to right the wrongs of Nexus and you make it so Nexus much like the horse. Worse. I know right? <laughs> it, it was doomed from the start. There, there was no way that this was going to be no. salvageable. It was. And I, and I am picturing Vince in the back now. Somebody's going, hey, listen, uh, we want to put Keith Lee with these guys. Uh, as, is Keith you know, Lee? No, no, he's probably going, oh, uh, the fat guy. Uh, <laughs> no, I got plans for him. Uh, what we do want- you think? Uh, bear cats. <laughs> Oh, oh, you mean bear cat. Bear cat. Oh, I'm okay with shit. the bear cat. There's good meaning behind that name. That is it's true. It's an honor bear cat, right? But the thing is, they're not even mentioning what the meaning is. They're just that's calling stupid. him the bear cat. Yeah, that's stupid. Um, my favorite. I, at story. the very least, back in the day when they had um, what, what was his name, um, Murdoch, uh, Trevor Murdoch. At least they allude. They actually said on commentary that his name was in tribute to Dick Murdoch. You know what I mean? Like, why can't you do that with bear cat? It makes no sense. Don't get yep. me started on scents in that company. <laughs> All right, you're off to a good start. Number six, number five. I'm with you. Uh, even though we talked about retribution, I'm upset about it, but I'm drinking, so we're okay. Yeah, you got to bring it up. You got to. Yeah, bring it it's up. it's on there. What uh, what do you got next for us? All right, so number four. You might be surprised that this is as low as it is. Um, I was actually pretty surprised that I put it this low. Summer of Punk. I'm gonna put at number four. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the promos obviously were great. Pipe bomb. The Mike uh, loves the, CM Punk and the. Pipe yeah, bomb. I know. <laughs> That's why I, I kind of put it that low because I was like, "All right, I, I'm sharing the floor with Mike tonight. I have to put it a little low." Um, pipe bomb was great. Contract signing was great, and then we get to Money in the Bank. Great match. Obviously, once we get past Money in the Bank. Story yep. just yep. goes downhill. And, this, and, this, and, and take 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 my personal feelings of CM Punk away. You can't you can't dispute that. You're 100 percent right mm-hmm. on that. They took what ROH did and just couldn't because now it's different. You can't you can't take that. What what ROH and, and CM Punk created over there was something that can never be duplicated, was something that can mm-hmm. never be done again. Yeah. Plus, Punk was a different man. He was a different character. And WWE is not ROH. So it's never going to have that same feeling. It's never going to be the same. You're right. It started off really promising and then fell the fuck off. I'm going to I'm going to devil advocate this devil's advocate this for a second here. Um, I thought the first two weeks of this after Money in the Bank were done. Perfect. He showed up at that Comic-Con panel. Yes. If you remember that. He showed up on the indie show and put over Gregory Iron with uh, Colt Cabana. Then after that, they just brought him back to TV. It's like, why didn't you let him do this mm-hmm. for, for months? Yeah. So, like I, you said on Good Friends, Better Enemies. Anthony. Yeah, I, w- I was just gonna say that. Like, I don't have a problem with bringing him back two or three weeks later. What I have a problem with is that they bring him back with no explanation. And that's going to be a recurring theme this whole list, is that I don't mind what they did. I don't like that they didn't explain why they did what they did. I was on, obviously, Good Friends, Better Enemies podcast, and I redid the whole, basically the whole summer of punk. And 
the way you fix it in my eyes, you can keep most of it the same. Just give me a reason as to why punk is coming back so soon. And like, that could be anything I came up with, you know, you say on money in the bank that you're going to have uh, the, the, the WWE champion on SummerSlam, you know, and start promoting that, like, you know, at SummerSlam, you're going to see the WWE main event on the card uh, in the main event slot. And then you get Punk taking the title away from the company. Now, all of a sudden, you get like pretty much kayfabe, but, you know, pay-per-view providers and the Staples Center, they're getting angry because the WWE championship isn't going to be on SummerSlam. So you're false advertising. So Vince needs to bring back CM Punk and does whatever he wants for him to come back. Just little things to give a reason as to why he's coming back. And sure, you could, you know, you can make the argument that the two to three weeks were okay. You could have done a little more like show up at an ROH show or showed up here or whatever it may be. But, you know, there's no reason for it to have gone as downhill as it was. And to dub it the summer punk, especially where we got at SummerSlam with Kevin Nash coming out and (laughs) and then uh, uh, Del Rio and just everything with Triple H. Just go back and watch my good friends, Better Enemies podcast just to hear. I I went through everything. Just it'll give you some uh, better rebooking memories of what they should have done. Do you know if there's a website where people can find that on? Uh, I don't actually, um, oh, would you, would you, is it uh counted out with Mike and Tyler.com? Okay. Or, uh... I said it one time assholes. <laughs> I hate you both. You, I forget. I almost forgive you for the hell of this all shit after, after that. That's that was a good, uh, that was a big pop on my part <laughs> to me. If they would have bunked, uh, this is, this is what I think they should have done with punk and, and you nailed on it. Do you remember what the young bucks were doing before AEW launched? They were just showing up at shows unannounced. Oh. They they would show up at PWG. They would show up yeah. at whatever, you know, like respected yeah, they, indie they, shows. Yeah, they'd show up at ROH shows all the time. They weren't in ROH at the time. They were in they, but but they were yeah. showing right, up right. on indie shows, yeah. like just as surprises, filming yeah. being the elite and hyping the product. Well, the Hardys were doing that too at, at a point. Yeah, the were, Hardys did that they when they were yeah, doing yeah. their broken gimmick yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But but when the Bucks were doing it, they were they were not on like Ring of Honor. They were not on. Oh, okay, they yeah. were doing it on indie shows. Right. But they right. would film it for there being the elite show that they did. Right. Mm-hmm. But like they're walking up, but they're getting that buzz going. Right. Yeah. It was cool when Punk walked out at Comic Con. Why couldn't we see him walk out uh, on Ring of Honor? Why couldn't mm-hmm. we see him with the WWE title in New Japan? Vince has connections with New Japan. Vince could have easily picked up the phone to Ring of Honor and said, hey, you guys want CM Punk for a show? Uh, no, I think we're no. cool. No, I think no, we're, we're cool. okay. Like, obviously, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It, we're it, in the it, middle it, of our G1. Yeah. We'll, we'll do without Punk. Like, like it, any company. D- 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 depends Punk on the indies for, yeah. Let <laughs> Punk work the indies for four months. You know what I mean? Bring yeah. him back. And, and then just have him show up in the crowd on Raw. Have him pull a Scott Hall without getting mm-hmm. in the ring. You know, hey, CM Punk sitting in the crowd with the belt. Like, let him do what John Cena did at WrestleMania. How and you cool want to talk about him? Summer of Punk. Like, outside of the, the contract signing, the pipe bomb, the money in the bank match, what else could you remember that he did? Uh, Not even Kevin his promo. Nash promo. His yeah. Kevin Nash promo was good. <laughs> the, oh my god, phone, he's yeah. still alive! <laughs> LOL. That was that was a pretty good. That w- that we got a pop out of me. But like, 
I, I can't yeah. remember anything else that he did, honestly. Like, I don't Triple H. Right any away. job to Triple H. Like, yep. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, but, so Anthony, yeah. you, you, it sounds like you hit a struggle that Mike and I have every week, though. Like for me, CM Punk is like number two on my list. But then you probably thought of something else. You became number yeah. three. Then you saw something you became number four. I've had things where like my number two turned into my honorable mentions oh, yeah. before. I know. Like, me too. No, welcome. that happened for me as well. Like, welcome there, to there our struggle, few. man. Welcome. There to were our a struggle. few that just complete like they were towards number two and then just fell literally to like number eight. Mm-hmm. And and you'll you'll see that in a little bit. Uh, but like moving on to number three, and this was this was kind of a weird one. Uh, but I, I just went for it. Money in the bank as a concept in creating new stars. So I have a list of the past few years up until uh, 2010 of the money in the bank winners. And quickly, I just want to go through most of these and tell me if they were made a star from money. The answer is no. Right. (laughs) I already know. Yeah. Going through this, Jack Swagger, no. Who? Exactly. Kane already was a star. Miz, you could say Miz. Miz had was a great made. money in the bank run. He did have it. So yeah, that's that one. That was a good one. Daniel Bryan was not made a star from money in the bank. I'm going to say that it helped him. He, he was made have... a star SummerSlam 2013. What's for Cena? WWE at least. Yeah. yeah. I would say so. I don't think I... it made him a star, but I think the win helped him. Because he, sure. he was in a shitty spot. I'm going to give that a half point. I'm not going to say okay. yes, it, made, it didn't make him a star, but it definitely helped elevate him because he did get a world title out of that. And that's where the yes movement started at the end of that world title run. Right. So fair. I think it was important that he won that money in the bank. That is very true. He did need to win that year. I couldn't have thought of anyone else that Sinkara, fucking um, Del Rio. No. no. Dolph Ziggler. No, at the time, Dolph Ziggler is the second best money in the bank briefcase holder of all time. But think about it. Is he a star nowadays? Has it helped him to reach that? That's that's kind of what I'm going with. It elevated him at the time. But yeah, that's poor booking. But but, but that's unfortunately how stars are now, though. There is no top star and then you're the top star. It's you're the top star today. Who knows what tomorrow brings? There's no draws. it, 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 It used to be. You know, back in the day, you used to be, you were the world you were you were the world heavyweight champion. You were a draw for the rest of your fucking career. Yeah. Nowadays, you're 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 the world heavyweight champion one week, then you're jobbing on SmackDown the week after. Before before exactly before you know it, you're jobbing on NXT, on NXT, putting guys over, and people forget you were ever world champion in the first place. But mm-hmm. the thing, you're, the thing- you're 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 up there talking about Jack Swagger who. At one point in time, Jack Swagger was looked at to be one of the hottest commodities in the wrestling world. He could have been massive. Right. But he could have been massive. And, you know, and look at you and and look, look at now. Now you're going, who? who?" It's, 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 it shouldn't be funny, you know, but that's how, that's how people are booked now. And we've discussed this in the, in the past before it's Vince McMahon's fear of allowing Wrestlers to be bigger than the company. Well, uh, and that's a problem. You know, the problem. The problem, problem is, is that there's problem. no there's no draws in the company. The company no. is the draw. People yeah. don't go to WrestleMania because Roman Reigns is going to be there. People go to WrestleMania because it's WrestleMania. Because, because it's, it's WrestleMania. WrestleMania. People will go to WrestleMania even if the card sucks. They'll still sell out the stadium and they know it. And I would, I would go to if WrestleMania came to Toronto. You know, with obviously without COVID, I would go. 
you could give me the worst the, the worst card in the world, and I'm still going to go to Toronto for WrestleMania because because I because I haven't been to WrestleMania. And I did and that I, at WrestleMania 18, so it was cool. Like it I wasn't did that. the worst. Card. It's one of the worst. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, like you just said, making someone bigger than the company. Next name Cena, obviously didn't need Money in the Bank. Who's that guy? Is he good? Uh, I, I've I seen him. See, in, I've seen. I couldn't him in a few see him. I just heard it. I just saw an invisible briefcase in the air. Yeah, <laughs> movie star John Cena, Damian Sandow. Oh. Yeah, uh, Randy Orton didn't need it. Seth Rollins, yes, that made him. Yeah, he was uh, definitely made him. Sheamus, he was. Oh, he no. was like a star. There's another go home heat guy too. Sheamus. Sheamus. Yeah, I like Sheamus. I've, I've never seen go home heat on Sheamus. I always like Sheamus. Sheamus had go home heat around that time. I Sheamus yeah. is just like Sheamus is so awesome in the ring, and I hate to talk shit about him because he's so good in the ring. But like when he ever since he came back with after that night at WrestleMania with the "You Look Stupid" chance and the hair, he's go home heat for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. Of the last decade, I'm going to put the bar as one of my top five tag teams. They were WWE. great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they were great. But absolutely. I, something about Sheamus on his own, I haven't gotten into any of his characters. Uh, I liked when he was the Irish ass kicker. Mm-hmm. But then other than mm-hmm. that, I, I he's been go home heat for me ever since the league. The League oh, of Nations. Yeah, oh, league. Like, that, that was bad. He's oh, go home heat for bad. me ever since then. Oh, I never recovered that whole, from him. That, that whole thing. Was and not from cool. an in-ring standpoint. I think he's so good in the ring. I just, he I'm is. not into Sheamus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Uh, Dean Ambrose, I will say Dean Ambrose was made for Money in the Bank. I forgot uh, who won it. Yeah, right. Uh, Carmella, no. Uh, Baron Corbin, no. Alexa Bliss was a star before. Braun Strowman, no. Bailey. I forgot all those people. Bailey was a star before. Bailey Bailey was a star. But Bailey was also made really and saved from that heel run. But that was separate from the Money in the Bank stuff. So Bailey Uh, Bailey is arguably one of the hottest commodities from NXT. Let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. You you know, so so when she came over to the main roster, she already had that. She was getting go home heat for a little while too, though. Bailey that was, was really because they heat. weren't doing anything with her. That was around the time when Nia Jax was on a weekly basis beating Sasha and Bailey. Yeah, yeah. So. Bailey, had, Bailey had go home heat right before her heel turn. Yeah, eh, that's that's pretty true. Uh, rounding out the list, Lesnar. Yeah, he he really needed that money. Beatbox <laughs> Brock was the best though. It was. No, that, that was, was that was that some was good the stuff. best. Oscar uh, didn't need. Well, she didn't need. Uh, Asuka. I, I should have put her on this list. Uh but and uh yeah. yeah and Otis. Who? So uh don't get me started on Otis. He's almost on retribution level with me. The Alpha Academy. Uh so out of 20 names, you have Daniel maybe Bryan, four. maybe Ziggler, Rollins, Dean Ambrose. Ambrose was already made for me too. I wouldn't even put exactly. it. Exactly, me list. too. Yeah. I mean, like if you're Great considering like yeah. oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, if you're considering like world champion, you know what I mean. Like, if anything, maybe that hurt him more when he was. No, I but liked his world champion. Out of all, one. out of all those names that you just listed, though, there's only one person that got over bigger than the company. Yes, yes, Daniel Bryan is yeah. the only person, but they didn't let him get to the level he could have went at. I really think Daniel Bryan could have been like. Not obviously not Hogan and Steve I don't Austin agree with, level. I, I'll Wait, you think Brian could have been bigger than the company? 
I think Brian he's putting in the he's, face of the company. He's trying to put no. Brian in, into the Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, Cold he's, boots. no yes, you are. not there. And, and, and I, so he's right under that. But it's I think still... that I think if you if you look at the at the landscape of that time period and where they were pushing Roman and I, I would put Brian over Brock, Roman, uh, Punk. He was more over than all of those guys. Seth I Rollins. knew that he, Brian. The was... idea of him was over. Yes. Here's no, the thing. He no, no, no. Over. Listen, it, listen. It. Really, was he? Because the minute he got that that title, did they give a fuck anymore? No. I knew that they, Brian they was doomed from the start. Right away. He got hurt. They, they started. Turning they were giving him Kane the Two next. They, yeah. they were booing. They were booing him before the fucking injury. Daniel Bryan has never been booed in the no, WWE. I don't think he was booed. They were, they, even when you, he was had fucking a heel. Even when he was a heel. You listen to you listen to his pops. You listen to his pops. They change after WrestleMania. They change. They did. I knew he was doomed after Mania when one they gave him Kane as his first opponent, and they never know how to capitalize on a big baby face win. Mysterio. Kingston, they've done it so many times that they just don't know how to capitalize. So that's why I knew that, like Brian Shore, it was good in theory, but like he was never going to be like anything like over the top huge. And it sucked because I wanted him to be. Daniel Bryan is my clear cut number one for what this topic that you're talking about is. He's my clear cut. Like there, there's not a bigger missed opportunity in professional wrestling. Than capitalizing on the yes movement with Daniel Bryan, you don't think that they capitalized on it? I think no, you could I have. Don't. Ca- I think you capitalized on it as much as you could have. No, they blew it. They blew it. You look at him from SummerSlam, where he um, lost that lost after Cena with the Money right. in the Bank with Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. They buried him until and and he was not in their WrestleMania plans. You can't. You can't. Like the Stephanie McMahon and Triple H buried daniel bryan on air he did not get a comeuppance sean michaels laid him out with a super kick he did not get any revenge on michaels like they're they just i am of the belief i am of the belief that it was i i feel like it was planned the way that they did it if you gave daniel bryan the roman reigns push i think your company is in a different place than it is right now no, I think it was smart for them not to keep Daniel Bryan down your throat because you look at it like they didn't have to push him Bryan, down the throat. He's who the people wanted. Yeah, but that's all leading up to a mania moment where he finally gets the the moment at the biggest show. That was too late. to have Bryan too late by that losing point. from SummerSlam to so Mania. You, so you're never going to be fucking happy then. So shut up. <laughs> Listen, I'm glad they gave him the WrestleMania moment. No, but where, but I think they missed out. Way, I think but where they were they going to give it to him? Hell in a cell? No, but you know what? I think they missed out on the, the booking from him until then. I think that it was just too... I think the way they handled it, I think they killed him. I think they hurt him. And yeah, you got that great WrestleMania moment, but guess what? Who goes to WrestleMania? Us. People like us. Sorry, I punched But my you mic. gotta remember, like the, the build up until that WrestleMania, like you want to say from it was right shit. when he, he left the, with the big show. No, 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 no. I'm talking yes. about like it, the beginning of 2014, like right after the Wyatt shit. You had like the yes uh invasion or whatever. Was, you had a lot of good promos with Triple look H. What like, happened before they that? They saved it in Seattle. They I know it's his hometown, but that hijacking thing where they were doing the night of the champions thing, yeah, all they yeah. did was chant Daniel Bryan. That moment that was with good. him in the steel cage. Tell me a moment 
and, and you guys know what I'm talking about with him and Wyatt in the steel cage. Tell mm-hmm. me a moment in the last 20 years in the WWE that had any form of crowd reaction like that. But that I think wasn't that's in the his point hometown. is that you needed that to kind of build him back up to that WrestleMania moment. Because if you were going to have Brian lose, 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 and then give him the WrestleMania moment, they it would have been him. They from did have August him lose, lose, lose. He April. jobbed to Bray Wyatt at the Royal Rumble. Right. But like from August until everybody. April, you're going to have him lose to the authority. Every like, month he Then you would be the saying that it would have been an awful story. He might as story. well have job to Stephanie McMahon at this point. The only person he beat in the authority was Triple H at WrestleMania. You know why, though? And it was supposed was a- to be punk. It wasn't even supposed to be Brian. Yeah. Because he was a B plus player. Oh, I'm going to punch you. Let's, let's move on. I'm going to punch you. Let's cut to the chase here. You have go right. home heat with me now, Mike. <laughs> All righty. Uh, moving on to, but yeah, that was the whole money in the bank is just creating new stars and really didn't in the 2010s, but moving on. So I was flip flopping around with my number one and two, uh, but I think I'm going to stick where it is. Number two, Bray Wyatt, the fiend and the Wyatt family. I just shoved them all together because how could you go and mess up two huge gimmicks with the same guy, Wyatt family, and I've always said this, and maybe this is a weird comparison, but for me, the Wyatt family's debut was what Kane's debut was to you guys. I'm with I you. It on was. That, man. I get it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I thought it was, it was really cool. Different. They built it up so well. The vignettes. I remember being obsessed with. I wanted to see what those nets, the next vignette was going to be, mm-hmm. and like, I really didn't mind where they went from there with. Kane, I thought, was the perfect guy to debut against. Um, You know, they were so over around like the beginning of 2014 when you had them going against the Shield. And literally, Bray pinned Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber. That's how over that these guys were. Mm -hmm. Like Shield versus Wyatt has to be one of my favorite matches just because of how, yeah, into how into it everyone was. And then WrestleMania 30 happens. And His sure, entrance was so good at WrestleMania 30. God, Mark Crozer, man. Like, such a great fucking entrance. And, like, I didn't have a problem with them having Cena go over because whatever, WrestleMania. But then you continue having Cena beat him. And then you go from there with absolutely nothing for him. I like, think they said he lost on, like, 13 pay-per-views in a row at I, one point. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I think Aaron even... Anderson said that on his podcast. It was something ridiculous like that. You have him lose to Taker, which could have been so much bigger of a feud. Uh, you have him lose to Reigns. You have him lose. You have him in just nothing feuds with like Jericho and just a bunch of other guys that I can't even remember Ambrose. off the top of my Amber. Oh, God, don't even get me started on the Ambrose shit. Like it became a part in the timeline where it was literally just spooky Bray Wyatt promo, spooky Bray Wyatt promo, do the sister Abigail spooky promo. And then he loses. That is literally the whole timeline of like 2014 Bray to 2017 Bray. You you hit on something that I really am glad you said, Uh, you said they're vignettes, right? And you, you couldn't wait to see the next one. AEW, learn what a vignette is. They don't all need to be surprise appearances. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, 
that's you my, know yeah and, the, and i love those lingots because you know we that's what we grew up on that you know we, you know in the, in, in the early 90s late even late 90s everybody got a vignette uh even you know to, to, from triple h to to Waylon mercy you knew they were Anka, coming in weeks in advance Razor. but the big ones re, they really put the production into this mr perfect for for weeks had the most amazing did you ever see any of the mr perfect yeah yeah i've seen them razor ramon ted dibiase if you want to go a little further yeah Mm. we're amazing you know uh gold dust for christ's sake uh yeah yeah. great vignettes and then they kind of stopped doing them throughout the the attitude era like william regal um uh yeah (laughs) after the attitude era you, you stopped seeing them for a while so it was nice and refreshing to see uh the wyatt family get them and they were so well produced and so Carlito, well done. And so Carlito so, so interesting. Yeah, that's right. Carlito. And so interesting. And then the final product, what we saw of them was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And oh, their uh, first entrance gave me goosebumps because I didn't oh, see any of them. I see I wasn't watching NXT at the time. So I didn't know you who they had were. to watch like that whole raw. I was so just anticipated. Like it, it was like weird. Like I felt like a weird chill throughout yeah. the entire night because yeah, yeah. they waited until like the second to last segment and i was and they were still doing like those little i think the whole story was like someone was on scene at the wyatt compound and like they would sprinkle in little things and i was like i'm so ready to see this guy and then he comes out and it's literally oh. perfect and it was so oh different God. than anything on the show the entrance the camera shot tight yeah. on them with the lantern and and then eventually yeah. when they got the fire, when the, all the crowd, the lights up, like yeah. their entrance at WrestleMania 30, I just thought was so perfect. Like one of the best, but, it, but it's like, if, if you look at their character, right. It's like, to me, it was a culmination of like, what have the Wyatt's been doing this whole weekend? You know what I mean? They've got all yeah. these voodoo people around. <laughs> like, like if you're looking at it from a shoot standpoint, like, or a, sorry, a work standpoint, um, what have you been doing in New Orleans this whole week? <laughs> I this need you to do my entrance, this show. Like, You're creeping me out. Maybe it's because I was really stoned <laughs> when I watched that entrance when it happened, but like I was freaking out. Like I, I love the Wyatts. Well, we, we talked about all the things that make the Wyatts great, but Anthony, tell us how WWE dropped the ball, man. Yeah. I mean, like I, I was just mentioning it just now that like Cena, that whole feud sure didn't have a problem with Cena beating him at Mania because it's Mania. Like, you, you yeah. need Cena to win, whatever. But you could have just ended it there and moved on. Now you're going to have Wyatt lose multiple times. And when he does win, it's with a fucking creepy child singing yeah. in a steel cage match, you know? Yeah. And and then from there on which, out... Which was, was, which was cool, but at the same it, time... It was cool, it, but, yeah, like, it, it, it was just a nice blanket to cover up a Cena win, uh, a Cena yeah. loss, exactly. rather. Um, And then I I was just telling Tyler, it was literally from there on out, from 2014 to 2017, it was spooky promo, spooky promo, same fucking spooky promo, does the sister Abigail more spooky promos, literally saying the exact same thing, boom, Bray Wyatt loses on pay-per-view. Same formula, did not change for the better part of three years. So, so how excited were you when, when this fiend co- uh, concept started coming around? Like the first time we see him in the, in the Mr. Rogers get up, right? He, right. He's doing this kid show. We, he did that for a good three, four weeks before the dark stuff even came around. Mm-hmm. What, what was your, what was your initial thoughts? Were you thinking, holy fuck, they completely fucked this guy? Or were you in the, my camp going, 
he's going to do something big here. No, I was so on board. I, yeah. I remember just the backlash of it. Like, oh, they made him Mr. Rogers. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah but they yeah, made but him of, Mr. Rogers. But think about who he is. Right. <laughs> you like, yeah, it, 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 you knew it could be a scary concept. I thought they were going to have him like a cult leader, like a Jeffrey Jones. That's my, yeah. that's my initial. Yeah. But that, that character was so good. Like, so I'll, like a backstory for me, my girlfriend hates wrestling. Like you could not find somebody <laughs> that hates wrestling more than mine, probably because it makes me happy and women can't let us be happy. And that's a woman <laughs> thing, but wow. she loved Bray Wyatt. <laughs> right. So I'm just kidding women. The, the one of you that's <laughs> listening here. Um, but she loved Bray Wyatt. And to this day, like she, she was all on that character. So it was, it was hitting, you know? Yeah. And, and if you remember, like we're talking about vignettes, there were vignettes before the Firefly Funhouse even started. And it was like this creepy, yeah. like the, the buzzard. Puppet oh, the pops buzzard. Up. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. And for weeks we were wondering what the fuck is this thing? And th- that's, that's right. why I knew that I tied it all together. I was like, okay, it, it makes sense now. And there's no reason why anyone should really be nervous about this. You had at least like eight of those amazing Firefly Funhouse, well-produced. Everything was on point. The puppets were funny as shit. He was doing all the stuff with the rabbit. Like everything was so great. And then for a while, they were doing really well. And then I heard that there was, uh, I think it was Clash of Champions was the pay-per-view. And then there was like an announcement from whatever arena Hell in a Cell was going to be at, that it was like, Bray Wyatt is going to fight for the Universal Championship. And I'm like, really? This early? I was like, okay. Um, So you do the feud with Seth, get to Hell in a Cell, and then the the match happens. And then I'm like, okay, not great. And then Crown Jewel or whatever Saudi Arabia show comes around, And then he wins the title. I'm like, okay, at least they saved it on Halloween. Very nice. Move on. Has a meh run with the belt. Has some good stuff with like. Can we talk uh, about that belt? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Get your own for like two grand on WWE. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's a. uh, uh, But yeah, I mean, the Daniel Bryan stuff was okay. Um, And then Goldberg comes around. And takes the title off of him. And I'm like, fuck. Um, he should have never had the title in the first place. Yeah, no, he he is in the Undertaker reign, uh, realm of you never have to hold the title. Or if you do, hold it for like a, f- a, a, a few weeks and that you're okay. And lose it in some spooky shit. You don't need to hold the title for this long because then that builds up a credibility of yeah. you need someone big to take the title off of you. Yeah, exactly. not fucking Goldberg. You know, it was <sighs> okay. So I'm going on record to saying that both Rollins and Goldberg, both of those matches, I could see where they were coming from. Um, as far as they were still protecting the fiend, and I didn't think that was the ultimate burial of him. I think it really just came down to that whole pandemic era, constant exposure of him. Like this is supposed to be something that you come up every once in a while as the fiend. And then it became a lack of direction, failure to capitalize on the fact that it's literally the best heel that you have in years. And it was just never going to break that ceiling. That orange was terrible. 
no. fucking it awful. Bad. And it just kept going. And like he had the universal title for what a week and then he lost it uh, to Reigns for whatever reason. Like there was no, I knew it was. And, and the, and the one and only reason for some, they, they, they decided to turn him into this face character. Oh for, God. For, for the one and only reason to sell merchandise. Can we all agree yeah. on that? They, it's the only reason you would ever turn a character like that face is to sell merchandise. Mm-hmm. But a character like that. Never gonna get over as a baby face. Never yeah, he was already selling merchandise, anyways. Exactly. Thank he was you. one of the top merch sellers. I was at the SummerSlam he debuted at. I was you, there in person. You you put that character, that character's evil. That character is fucking could be the most evil character in the history of the company. Yeah. Yet you're you don't let him be that. It, I remember watching no that SummerSlam and like I, I was like the entrance, I was like, this is cool. And then I hear the entrance theme that's like a, a remix of his old theme. And I'm like, yeah. this is cool. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it was going to be something from then on out. And then it was. It was the lantern for me, man. When, when, when you pulled up that lantern and that lantern was the severed head. Because oh, I didn't know what it was like at the beginning of the entrance. Okay. And then you see it on the on the, on the the ring and you're like, yeah. okay, <laughs> I, I, I get it. Yeah. That point at SummerSlam, I was at my best part of being drunk because i got really drunk at SummerSlam. i ended up blacking out at the randy orton match i didn't even remember <laughs> seth rollins jumped off the top rope through a table till the next day when i watched it on tv but like i was at like my peak of like euphoria when bray wyatt made his entrance i was losing my mind i was like this is the best thing ever like i i would go i'd like to go on record to say i would appreciate if you never said euphoria on this show ever again euphoria what just the word. way, just the way you said that was well, creeps me the fuck. I was out. trying to be kind of creepy <laughs> slash yeah. flex yeah. my smartness and smart people yeah. words. Before we move on to words. Before we move on to Anthony's number one, one last thing about uh, about the fiend character. We were talking about the puppets and all that shit before. How much do you love the fact that that buzzer's name was Mercy? I know, right? Oh, so How, good. Huskis the pig. Huskis, yeah. Oh my god, uh, the, Abby the, the, the witch. He Such really, he, he really thought thought this one out. Mm-hmm. That's why I was so disappointed. You have this guy who literally is passionate about his gimmick. He's making it work. This is all of his brainchild. Just and sex for him. I. Do you think he's I, going I to know. AEW? I I think he's going to Impact. I think he's going to Impact. He'll have much more freedom there. I'm just excited to see what because like you know how creative he is. I don't mm-hmm. I think when we see him again, we're not gonna see something like Bray Wyatt or the Fiend. I think he's gonna come over the top with something completely different. Yeah. And I think and it's I, gonna be awesome. And I agree with that. I he he I don't think he's that kind of guy. Okay, I've done I've done that. I'm not he's gonna, gonna go come out again. as Barry Wyndham Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing his brother, why not? I wonder I wonder if you I wonder if he bought the rights to um Husky Harris and he's just gonna, I be- Oh, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be okay with that if he came out as Skinner Jr. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or reform a tag team with uh, Michael McGillicuddy. So you just mentioned the name Michael McGillicuddy, and we talked, we just said Husky Harris. Does that maybe have something to do with what could be your number one, Anthony? I mean, what else? What else could it be? We are one, we are one, we are one. Fucking Nexus. Like, they were the right guys at the right place at the right time. Yeah. And they just had the wrong people behind them. Uh, literally 
you had the potential to and okay so to set the scene i start watching wrestling november 2009 okay probably the worst time to watch wrestling well, give me um give me the survivor series main event that year Survivor Remember? Series 2009, you had Cena versus Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. Oh, okay. Uh, that was a good Survivor Series. And they did the, the, the other yeah. triple threat with Jericho, Big Show, and Take. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, a go back to Toronto. I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. <laughs> Huge pop over here. Um, so, yeah, bad time to be a, to be a fan. Uh, but, of course, good time in young Anthony's eyes. Um, so, once I see Nexus, I am, like, literally – what is going on? Because of course, this is fucking crazy for me. Um, us too, and we're old. Yeah, I, I mean, like it was just so different, and we hadn't had anything like this in a long time. Like we grew up at the NWO, so so mm-hmm. you know we we have had this on the biggest level possible. Right. So in order to really impress somebody who's grown up with the biggest thing possible, it has to be fucking good, and it has to be different. Mm-hmm. They could have fucked this up big. They could have been retribution, retribution. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but but in the beginning, when they started doing it, they were doing it so right. They were going up against what uh, Cena, Bret Hart, McMahon. Even McMahon took a 450 splash from Justin Gabriel. That's he's, when you know that they're doing not, it right. Man, he's insane. Not. Taker, like all these Jericho and Edge, all these fucking guys were getting involved. And it's like they should have stayed away from Cena, man. <laughs> You had so much potential, and I look back on this to make like what would have been by that point a true and interesting opponent for Cena, an interesting rival for the first time since Edge. By that point, I wouldn't put Orton in that situation. I would say Edge would be the only interesting opponent for him at that point. And we wouldn't see an interesting story for him until number two, Bray Wyatt, unless you want to count the rock. That was a good story, but yeah, I, I would, I would put Bray over him uh, as far as a story wise, but um, like you also just look, so like SummerSlam 2010 was a whole thing in itself. Like obviously Nexus should have won uh, Barrett, should have been WWE champion within that time frame. Mm-hmm. I think if it if had it not been for the if Cena loses or whatever the stipulation was that he gets fired, Barrett wins that title at Survivor Series and beats Orton because Orton was fucking stagnant at that point too, doing absolutely nothing. I think he lost the title to like Sheamus or he no, lost he lost oh, he lost it to Miz. Yeah, yeah. like Miz girl. Yeah, right. Uh, that, yeah. that SummerSlam match you touched on too caused a lot of problems backstage. There, there's yeah. a huge argument between Cena, Edge, and Jericho, right? Because right, Jericho right. wanted Nexus to go over. And didn't Cena give like an answer, like an answer as to why he like won? He gave this fucking political answer. Cena, yeah. Cena's gone on record to say that he fucked up though. Yeah, well, at least he admits. Tell it, that to know? Wade Barrett and Michael Tarver and who? who, yeah. who are Michael these Tarver, you know, and, Skip and, Sheffield. Uh, well, well <laughs> it, that brings up my point. I, I was going to say, out of the original eight, only one went on to be a an actual like bona fide fucking superstar in 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 Brian in Daniel Bryan. 
Who would, and who he wasn't even going to be in Nexus. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he, he got kicked out. Who would have thought, though, if you looked at that original Nexus lineup, that the three biggest stars that would have came out of it were, well, I guess four. You can count Barrett. Barrett had a good run. Barrett, sure. Ryback, Brian, and Heath Slater. Heath, Heath Slater was Slater, like super baby. over for a long time. But, Honestly, but no, would no, you no. put him at number two <laughs> outside of Brian? Like, you know, I, I think I would, in all honesty. As far as getting over, I think like, he Slater had a better run than Ryback was really over for a cup of coffee. Like, he yeah, was then really, he just, really over until that I mean, I, I mean, at least match. people know who he is. You know, 90% of people, you close your eyes and say the word Michael Tarver, I can't, drawing a blank. You know, at least people, David know Otunga, Darren, and at least Otunga there. got that little weird Carlton lawyer gimmick thing going for a while. So, oh, he, yeah. was, he, he was there. You know, he's a former tag team champion with John Cena. Don't bring then, it up. Don't bring then, it up. <laughs> and then they had the additions, right? A, the a new few, Nexus. Few, I didn't hate later. the new Nexus. Well, Punk was in it. I hated I, the I, core. Oh, I like the core. I kind oh, of like on. them. I like the core too. Come on, you guys! <laughs> well, have been against it's taking the best episode. members of Nexus and putting them all together. You took I like Barrett, Barrett. I like Justin Barrett. Gabriel, it's, yeah. and uh, Heat Slater, and we could talk exactly. about Ezekiel Jackson the other another time. But like those three, there. who was the other uh, idiot? That? Yeah, we could talk about. Yeah, we could talk about Ezekiel Jackson another Great time. Great running Lucha uh, Underground. Yeah, that's very true. But last ECW um, champion of all time. <laughs> but I mean, without no core, you would never have uh, Santino's The Apple. Santino, Mark Henry, uh, who else was in that? Was it was Kofi Big Show in there? Kane. Oh or, yeah, uh, Kane yeah. was in there for sure. I don't know about Big Show. Yeah, well, the, you had the uh, the Mania match with uh, the Core versus uh, Santino, and that's when uh, Kane was doing the trumpet. Oh God. Yeah, the Core was really was fucking. Bad time. The Core was really fucking good, guys. Keep uh, you're really selling <laughs> me on this. And the the worst thing that ever happened to me on my birthday was uh, the last member uh of all uh it was it was my 30th birthday actually uh the last member ever added to the nexus or i believe it was the new nexus was <laughs> mason ryan oh shit wow we <laughs> just blew our minds there mike yeah jesus uh, do you remember when he was getting those batista comparisons just because they look the same yeah exactly <laughs> vince was probably like Fuck, we got someone here. Oh, yeah. We got money here. What a maneuver he can do. <laughs> he could do a few maneuvers on me, damn it. Uh, let's get let's, let's get Mason Ryan and throw to a La Femme Nikita commercial. Jesus Anthony Christ. is just Anthony has just discovered the greatness of the Vince McMahon throwing to La Femme Nikita. Oh, nice. Yeah, Turn on after Odyssey, La Femme Nikita. Wow. <laughs> That was a thing for a while. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Lafemme Nikita just won our honor roll mention on the last episode. Of- <laughs> like, we have gone like for several four years. We have 1997 feuds, and yeah. all of them have at least one Lafemme Nikita ad. Yeah, it is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Hall of Famer. They used to put her, the commercials not even in commercial spots. They would just throw the commercial on the bottom. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like in the middle of a match, in like the side screen or some shit. You know, you, <laughs> you know, best, it was weird. The the bet the next best ad after the Femme Nikita is when Jerry used to the Skittles ad. Fruity, Skittles, Fruity, Fruity, Fruity. 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 Yeah, 
I, I swear that's how his Bell's palsy started. <laughs> like he, he just he just stroked the fuck out doing oh, Skittles commercial. Fuck. Holy oh fuck! God, uh, that's it. We've gone off the rails. Uh, that's the <laughs> it's not a count out episode until Mike makes all our faces go red. <laughs> all right, uh, I only have one honorable mention, and you're both gonna hate it. So I'm gonna start the honorable mentions because I know you're both going right to say it wrong. You're both going to you shit on it, so I don't care. I've got a storyline that is not good. We'll all agree it's not good, but I, I, I'm going to say it could be saved. And the way I want it saved, you're not going to agree with, and that's fine. I'm going to jump over to 2011. Do you remember a, a, a very forgettable feud between Jerry the King Lawler and oh, the Miz? I like that feud. I liked it. All right. I'm putting Jerry over for the title. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm okay I, with that. You know what? No, I'm, I'm not. Saying, I'm not. Miz was too I'm hot saying, at that point. That's when Miz I'm, was No, I, I'm okay with it. Jerry I'm Waller versus John Cena at WrestleMania? Fuck it. <laughs> I'm Only saying if it's in Memphis. Missed, yeah, I'm I know, right? I'm <laughs> opportunity to, 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 to put a title on that man. Uh, a man who's never held a title in WWE. A man, a man who who is the biggest name in Memphis wrestling, one of the biggest names outside of WWE, uh, never made his name in the ring in the WWE. Give him that one little I'll time. I'll tell you what, I will uh, agree with uh, you, you know, Mike. I will yeah. agree with you, but you put that feud three months later. Yeah. The timing was wrong at that point. Okay. Yeah, what, because what, Miz what? was still holding on to that title. So, I mean... Miz yeah. was at his peak at that point. Miz was really good at this had, point. Had they, st- had they started the Lawler-Cole feud yet? It was right after. It was right after. Okay. Yeah, because uh, Cole was a huge uh, Miz mark, so right, he, was, right. he was just going on about him. Yeah. If you yeah. if you did that Lawler Miz, oh another go away heat. Michael Cole. Yeah, another Michael Cole. If I could have sure. your attention, please. Was yeah, yeah good call. If, but if you if you did that Lawler Cole feud or sorry Lawler Miz feud after WrestleMania and mm-hmm. put Lawler over for a month and then had Miz win the belt back maybe before SummerSlam. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. Those throwaway okay. pay-per-views, I'd be fine yeah. giving Lawler a month of the title. You yeah. can't yeah. put the belt on him before WrestleMania, though. Like, no, no, no. I, I, I just, I just thought that it would have been a cool, even for a one weeker. You know, you know, Miz picks it back up the next, the next draw. Yeah. Just, just uh and and Miz is one of those heel champions that can get away with that. He can lose the title yeah. to a legend and get it right back. Who won you know, the Rumble that year? Oh, Del Rio. Del yeah. Rio versus Jerry Lawler. I would have loved to see that. It. Take my money now, everybody. I don't put butts in seats. Yeah. Battle of the uh, two people that have abused women their entire lives. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's the... <laughs> he, nope, he didn't... Don't say did, it, Mike. What I, didn't, don't do it. Don't do he it, Mike. He didn't abuse them, and legally we can't call them women. <laughs> Jesus, if they're un- if they're under the age of eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know, what? let's start to Anthony for his honorable mentions now. Well, do you have any? Because I got a whole fucking no. Mess Anthony, you take through. it. You take it here. I got no honorable mentions. I, I came right. into this thing. I just wanted to hear it. I. I... You, you, All right, you well, <laughs> well, I have one that I mentioned to Tyler that I'll, I'll mention here. Uh, Shane McMahon's lockbox from 2016. They just never did anything with it. Do you and remember I, that, Mike? I don't even remember Why was that. The Undertaker working with Vince? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, the night he came back. He mentioned that he had a lockbox, uh, that something was in it. Uh, that would uh, I don't even remember what the fucking reasoning was, but he had a box. Okay. Um, so, okay. uh, another one, Dean Ambrose heel turn could have done a lot with that. 
Yeah. Uh, and then you put them in a gas mask, whatever. Um, here, here's a good one. The Just the whole NXT tag team division throughout its entire run. Sanity, American Alpha, Revival, Ascension, Ugh. Vaude Villains, War Machine, Enzo and Cast, Lucha Dragons, and the Authors of Pain. You could have the best tag team division wrestling In right now world. if you keep yeah. going It was really good that. Was. Um, that summer um, when they did NXT Toronto where, where Revival and DIY, DIY were feuding. And then yes, it sir. went in with Authors of the Pain. They, that was really mm-hmm. good. It was great. And then it, it's been shit since then. I agree with you. Yeah. NXT 2.0, everyone. Uh, I threw Cesaro on here because yeah. you always have to mention I Cesaro. feel like after that WrestleMania 30 Battle Royal, they dropped the ball with him. Like, yeah. He's the only person next to Curtis Axel who was bound to fail anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, they paired him with Heyman and it killed him for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down John Cena heel turn because I'm sure there were some instances where it could have happened. I never really wanted to see Cena turn heel in the 2010s. I just he didn't think it would. Raw, he twisted his heel, remember? Oh, right. I was there. I was there for that show. Oh, yeah? Do a little heel turn. Uh, that got go, a good uh... pop from everyone. Yeah. Uh, well, that was after we, they said that Rock wasn't there. So we were just cheering anyone. We were cheering Cena because we were like, why the fuck is Rock not here? Uh, but, you know, that's another. Uh, anonymous Raw GM. Uh, they gave it to Hornswoggle. Enough said there. Uh, oh, I wrote the Iconics because both before and after the breakup, because they were great before together. They had great chemistry and then they broke them up for whatever reason. And you could have ran with Billy Kay and you could have made Peyton Royce into something. Yeah. And they just did not do anything with them. Mike and I um, were big, big time fans of the Iconics. For sure. Same yeah. here. Same here. I'm happy that they're an impact. They're uh-huh. thriving. First night they won the titles. Um the uh, the who ran over Roman storyline with Murphy, Daniel Bryan, Rowan. Uh, it was happening on SmackDown like late 2009, uh, two, 2009, 2019. Uh, Is that the Roman one where Roman gets, like held Buddy Murphy against the wall? Yeah, like I Roman gets hit by the that, car. Yeah. yeah. And like Samoa Joe, like kind of was like helping out. And then they revealed it of like who hit him. And it was literally just Rikishi. an Eric. i did it for the rock uh and it was literally just an eric rowan lookalike it was literally just another guy with no hair and a red beard and that's how you end smackdown and they never talked about it after after that point whatever um oh another uh daniel bryan little moment from 2019 uh his special announcement that they just never said what it was oh they they promoted it for Yeah, there was a graphic that it was like Daniel Bryan is going to make a special announcement tonight, and then they just never said what it was. You can um, even throw in the Daniel Bryan and the, uh, him banging his therapist or whatever the fuck that was. That whole that story. Was, uh, Gail oh. Kim and the Bellas. He was dating Gail Kim. Oh, was, it, was that Gail? What? Yeah, Wait. He, he was dating Gail Kim. The Bellas were like trying to hook up with them. They both were like loved him. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm, talking, I, I, I'm, ta- I, I'm, ta- I'm talking about like way later on. He's doing a thing where like it's him and Nikki and then some girl comes out saying he's like his fucking therapist or some shit and saying that, oh. he, that they were having an affair. I don't wasn't that. Was and, that and Chelsea I remember Green? Edge and, and, yeah, yes, it was Chelsea Green. Thank you. 
Yes. Oh, and I kind of remember that. And then and then the story went nowhere. They just dropped it. And it didn't Wasn't it like Stephanie trying to like drama up shit between? Yeah. Them? yeah, 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 yeah. That was because it was she was she was feuding with with Bree or Nikki or one of them or, yeah. or Johnny <laughs> or Johnny Ace. <laughs> yeah, you're fired. Um, uh, you're fired. Jo- Johnny Ace is my favorite Bella. <laughs> Jesus. My name is John Laurinaitis. Um, and then uh what else do I have here? Uh I didn't want to put it on here, but I threw it on here because it happened. Shawn Michaels return. If you're gonna put him in a return match, Crown oh. Jewel of 2018 oh. was not the place oh, to do it. Yeah. Um and Degeneration X versus the brother brothers of destruction was not the people to do it against. That, that nope. that's got retribution heat for me. That's yeah. uh yeah. yeah, we don't talk about that here. Yeah, I don't even acknowledge it. Um, and then last honorable mention for me was I didn't see them doing anything with this regardless, but the Woken gimmick with Matt Hardy. Uh, they started Woken off Matt okay. Hardy, yeah, they blew it with that. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did their final deletion thing with Bray Wyatt, and I, I thought it was okay. But then, like, that was it. Yeah, and then, and then you then tag them with Bray, and then that was and, yeah, yeah, that was another part of Bray Wyatt that I couldn't stand was when they were fucking tag teaming together for no reason. It was awful. What Vince didn't understand, what nobody else under seems to understand about that that broken gimmick is it had to be done the way it was done. Yeah, and the way it was done was a hundred percent. It was two men behind that. Mm-hmm. It was it was Matt Hardy and Jeremy Borash. Yes, though. It wasn't overproduced. It wasn't. It wasn't a team of people. It was these two guys with a vision. They fucking did it, and they mm-hmm. did it raw, and they did it dirty, and they did it. They got this probably the best story Impact had told at that point in ten years. Then they tried That'd to be a fun WWE. thing to look back on too. I, I would like to look back on that because I didn't know a lot about that. I I, I yeah. want to do a, I want to do a top seven moments of the broken. Uh, Oh, you can get a uh, lot of good ones. Oh man, when day. they were going everywhere if, and went in. If either days. one of you, if either of you ever want to check out Impact Plus, in their in their category section, they have like collections, and you can watch the entire uh, broken really? feud from beginning to end. Uh, that sounds like a, ma- a classic it, match classroom written. Yeah, all it's, it's, I'll it's take in, the classroom on that one. Jesus, it's, in, it's including all the um, all the promos. All the wow. matches, every match, even if it wasn't Jeff and Matt, it was anything that had to do with the storyline. It's in this. It's That's so enough well of a reason to buy yeah. that fucking network. Mm-hmm. Jeez, I'll yeah, really damn. Good. Mike will uh, give us our the, his password and we will watch it. The Impact yes. Plus. The yes, Impact please. Plus. Uh, I'm very impressed with the Impact Plus. The navigation Are kind you? of sucks, but the uh, but the content is there. Oh, All okay. the content is there. It's great. Awesome. Um, I wasn't trying to plug that. Uh, it, but if they if they were doing it like that, it would have, it would have worked. But of course, Vince has to get his fingers in it and, and do his thing and, make, and mold it into his creation. And it wasn't Matt's anymore. And it wasn't. And I don't even. I think Jeremy Borash was working for WWE at that point, but yeah. I don't think he had anything to do with that angle. So it didn't feel like the, the like like broken Matt. Anymore. Not at all. No, but I will give them credit that they did main event Raw with a broken universe match. I'll give them credit for that, yeah. and it was good. But I'll give them that. That's about all. Yeah, I'm with you. But uh, yeah, that was it for honorable mentions. Uh, so that's my list. What are we thinking? How do we? What are I, we thinking? I've got list? one more honorable mention, but it almost doesn't count. But I figured if you could use 2020, I can use 2007. Uh, uh, I already mentioned it once. Let's go all the way back to the illegitimate son. Uh, they could have done so many cool things with that. The obvious yeah. choice is Ken Kennedy. We all know that 
it didn't happen because he ended and up he getting beat with Orton. Yeah. Well, no, uh, he got suspended for after the Benoit stuff. Yeah. Oh, is that it? yeah. And yeah, then, he was running his mouth had... about how he's roid free, and then he got popped. Right. So, yeah, so, so we know why. But are you like, are we to believe that you put all your eggs like they went and they went and Doctor Death the thing? <laughs> you know, they pull a Steve Williams on this thing where they put all their eggs in one basket. And when that basket fell on the floor and broke, they had, when they had that no basket idea what to got do. knocked out with by Bart Gunn. They didn't <laughs> yeah. know what you know, they, they so, so now, now they're sitting there going, I have to do this illegitimate child thing. Fuck, uh, how are we going to wrap this up? Midgets are funny, you know. It, it's, mean, it's, <laughs> we all got, they, our, they, we all got they, our things. There's so many things, just like, just like you brought up the um, the, the, the anonymous uh, GM. So many things could have been done that weren't. Uh, and it just, it reeks of not giving a shit. Right. You know, yeah. it, just, it, reeks of, it reeks of not caring. I'm Very true. I, I love the list. I, for me, I, like I said earlier, so there's no point to rehash it. Daniel Bryan, I, I, I know you guys don't agree with it, but I think it could have been bigger than what it was. And I, I know we're talking about he main evented WrestleMania and got the moment, but... I really think he could have been not Steve Austin. Nobody will ever be Steve Austin, but he had that connection with the audience that's unspoken that not many people have. There's something about him and that connection with the audience that he has that not many other people have. So for me, Daniel Bryan is the biggest missed opportunity for me. I love the list, man. There's some stuff I totally forgot about that you had on it. You did your homework, which I appreciate. Of course. Um, Man, hit us up with uh, with any social media you want to plug before we take this thing home. Yeah, uh, real quick. Well, first of all, thank you, fine gentlemen, for having me on. Um, you know, if you want to hear more of my annoying voice and my stupid face, you can check me out on the Titantron podcast, myself, Antonio, and whoever else pops up in the future at the Titantron podcast on Instagram, at the underscore Titantron on Twitter, or on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. Uh, I'm on the Turnbuckle Tavern. Uh, I don't know the social media is off the top of my head. Just type in Turnbuckle Tavern anywhere and you'll find us. Uh, a lot of great content there, especially if you're an AEW fan. They are all on that. Um, or even if you're a rest, uh, WWE fan, you can listen to me talk about uh, Raw and SmackDown, although I don't know why you would want to. Um, and then, of course, the Classic Match Classroom, uh, where you can find us at CM Classroom on Twitter, uh, Classic Match Classroom on Instagram. Again, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we've got some great episodes coming up. A lot of them already planned because Tyler is very uh, eager to get all these episodes out there, and I'm loving it. Um, a lot of great stuff. And uh, yeah, and of course, make sure you check out, uh, tune in after Count It Out 7 tonight, uh, where you can find the next episode of La Femme Nikita will be airing. Oh, La Femme Nikita. <laughs> nice. Wow. Very, very wow. Uh, and, but uh, yes, again, thank you so much for having me on. And oh, don't wow. think you heard the last of Anthony right here. Uh, Anthony will be returning uh, uh, to Count It Out when we do the top seven reasons why Hell in the Cell 1997 is the best Hell in the Cell match in history. <laughs> okay, all here. right, man. Well, Mike, uh, first of all, Anthony, thank you for joining us. And Mike, of course, take us home, my friend. <laughs> On behalf of a huge missed opportunity of getting Anthony on as late as we did. You should have been on here months ago. We've been counted out. Cheers.
You remember?